0: you uh-huh. Welcome to the 23rd episode of the Friday Nightmares podcast. Today we will be talking about Christmas movies and we have a very special uh, guest who has joined us. But first, um, let me welcome, I guess myself, (laughs) welcome myself. My name is Heather Powell and I'm coming to you today from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. And with me is
1: Mr. Smoke Show Crawford himself coming to you from Swartz Creek, Michigan. And our with my sp- grumbly dog. <laughs> with your grumbly
0: dog. <laughs> and his 18 cats, because he's, you know, got more since our last podcast. <laughs> God, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> and we have a very special guest with us today. We sure do. Um, This gentleman is one half of a of a podcasting team that I've been on and had a really great time on that show I'll let him talk about that and he's actually has been and I think will continue to be once COVID is done uh, very active in the horror community and his name is Sander Kane thank you so much for coming Sander
2: hey thank you so much for having me Uh, just hanging out here in the beautiful Atlanta Georgia on this wonderful Saturday that's not too cold not too hot and you know it's, the city's not burning down right now, so that's nice. And that that's is a good plus. for that is good.
0: Yeah. You know, um you say not too hot, not too cold, but you did send us a picture earlier of you walking your dog and I happened to notice no snow on the ground. And that no modically made me angry. It um, snowed
2: wait. two Mondays
1: ago. <laughs> wait, no, you- no, it did not. It did. It flurried. <laughs> it
0: flurried. <laughs> and wait, Heather, do you have snow on the ground right now? Um we have some leftover snow. Oh like the real had- shit stuff, you know, that like gets brown and stuff, and like oh wow, you know, like we have like zero snow here shut up scott no one cares what you. we
1: typically get
2: know. uh for whatever <laughs> reasons in our demographic we typically get every time it does snow almost it goes like ice oh freezes, yeah right. so we get freezing rain then the road ice is over and then we get a little bit of snow and the fucking it's the end of the world and the whole national news makes fun of us for shutting down the interstate but it's not the snow, I promise. It's it's literally the sheets of ice underneath it, well, yeah, and then the snow on top of that scary. to make it even worse. Yeah, it's not it's not uh you know it's not that we're all stupid down here in the south, <laughs> right? The devil's it's dandruff okay. has its way with us sometimes. No
0: one thinks <laughs> you guys are dumb. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> well, I'm originally,
2: I'm originally from West Virginia, so like I got oh. the double whammy. So
0: oh man, oh you tell people that openly? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> just kidding says big well, talk from fucking some, someone sometimes from water it instills Ontario. a little
2: bit of fear for those that are like mm. you know really into like the wrong turn series like oh bro, you're
0: from west virginia yeah no, like oh
2: wait the mothman's there too hey. <laughs> spooky shit up there
0: well why don't you tell us a little bit about what i don't know if you do more than one podcast i just know what uh, i've been on i currently and, only do
2: one podcast okay
0: tell us um, a little so, bit about that and what else you do
2: so currently, I am on the Cemetery Gates podcast, which is done with uh, Android Virus. We've been doing it off and on for, I don't know, three, four years. I think we got like 70 or something episodes up at this point, um, which we love. And it's pretty much just an excuse for me to talk to one of my uh, one of my internet buddies that I don't ever get to see. Uh, and I met him starting like in 2009. We met on a website called killereviews.com, which at the time was uh, one of the more premier like independent horror movie websites that was on the web. Like they had a horror movie generator. You could go in and type what you wanted to see like blood, boobs, whatever you wanted to do and it would generate uh, horror movies for you. So I added some movies to that database back in the day and that's kind of what got me started in podcasting and the whole thing. And I was listening to their podcasts and eventually they wound up letting me on along with Android virus. And um, we just had a really great time over there. Got a lot of really great opportunities eventually became a reviewer at Killer Reviews and reviewed a lot of really cool movies, got to interview a lot of cool people before they were super famous, which was awesome. Um, You know, very grateful for those times over there. It was really, really cool time. So, and it was, uh, you know, it got me into some conventions uh, like Days of the Dead convention, which now does like five around the U.S., all year round but now it's it's kind of uh the ownership has pretty much all changed except one guy so now i don't know anybody there but at one point i was helping out with the film festival and uh getting some movies for them on that and that was really cool um that was kind of like one of the first times like i realized that like people were starting to like recognize some of the stuff that i did through killer reviews and i eventually wound up writing some guest spots on like horror movies ca uh johnny's cult films um i think blood type online witch's hat uh all kinds of different blogs and independent websites I did guest spots on and got on a few different uh, podcasts here and there. I was on All My Heroes Wear Masks years ago, and then Killer Views, then I did a few, a small stint with Podcast Mania from Dark Hours podcast for a while uh, and guest spotted a million other places. So it's been many years of lots of awesome people and great opportunities that I'm very thankful and lucky to have. So it's great to be here with you guys
3: today.
1: Well, thank you. That's yeah, fun. I'll say, like, I've, I love you guys. I love the pod, uh the Cemetery Gates podcast too. Like I listen to every episode you guys have released and I enjoy it and it's just so refreshing to hear a different side of Android Virus that I am not <laughs> using
3: on. Yeah. It's not so the,
2: the funny part is is like when Heather came on she was like, "What are you like his?" She's like, "How do you keep him so tame?" <laughs> <laughs> true I don't
0: know. it's true he uh, he must know that he can't get away with shit with you and if android i don't i don't think android <laughs> listens to this but no we, i don't we know. love you android i don't
2: know what uh i don't know why my guess is that since i was always like writing and interviewing people and had a little bit of a name that maybe he doesn't want to which i don't care people can take and say whatever they want i don't mean whatever but yeah maybe that's it i don't know Maybe that's just well, me we just heard
0: your resume, which is very impressive. Scott is up there, or getting up there, with his writing that he's done for pop horror, and I know he's engaged nice. in some interviewing and stuff. I just, I just tell jokes on podcasts and hopefully, yeah,
2: it's been <laughs> yes. So, if, some of my highlights I can share <laughs> with you guys if you'd like. Like I got to interview Ed Harris and January oh, wow. Jones and uh, Cloris Leachman. I've interviewed Harrison Smith, Adam Green, uh, Mike Holy Flanagan. Crap, right. um, uh adam albrandt uh fred vogel a lot of the independent kind of underground guys i got in pretty good with them over a period of time jason hoover brian k williams a bunch of stuff so now it's kind of funny because most of it's actually gone because all the websites have been (laughs) you know yeah so So it all got like kind of weird like at one point when i was reviewing i would get i would post a review for something like a good example was like hatchet 2 when that came out in the theater i was the second review online of post to the person at Fearnet. that was it and by posting that review i had i don't know 1500 hits in like an hour and a half of people clicking the review
1: that's awesome and um
2: so you know the ball was rolling back then and then you know i had a few other really big articles that i had written and then google started the adsense stuff and they started like basically prioritizing the links and and then there for a while that was like the death of like all these independent like horror websites and What were really successful blogs is they couldn't catch the foot traffic anymore on Google. So when you Google a movie review, IMDb pops up and and a a handful of other big ones, and it didn't matter anymore. So like reviews went from pretty hot. Granted, that was like kind of a high profile review, but on just like a normal, not so common review, it'd be around like I don't know. Within a couple hours, it'd be at a couple hundred, and then a thousand by the next day, and then it got to be like post review, and you get thirty clicks in a week and a half, and you're like. The content didn't change, <laughs> but it's all the Google algorithm, but it took down a lot of really, really great uh, bloggers and independent horror websites, so that definitely changed uh, the face of horror and independent horror for a while, which is starting to come back a little bit, but it's not like it was booming back in the you know 2009, 2012 era, but that's me yeah. being a grumpy old man, so... <laughs>
0: Honestly, well, I think Scott is in love with you. I'm watching his face when you're talking. And Scott is a man crush now. He's just like, Sander, I'm wondering if we can kick Heather off this podcast and just for a while here.
2: We have a we have a separate email chain between just him and I.
0: I can and, imagine, yeah. right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm so impressed. I've yeah. I don't know, maybe we should just scrap the whole Christmas thing. Sander, you're just gonna talk for the next three hours about oh, what we're okay. doing. I, I can
2: easily do that. I won't I will call everybody. I'm here.
0: Well, we really appreciate time. you being here and sharing, and uh, Scott is an excellent writer, and I'm sure you well, are too, so it's yeah. it's, it's uh, flattering to be with two people that have experience. I want to get
2: back in on it. I just haven't decided how I want to do it. Um, I still have a lot of great connections uh, throughout the industry, so I just haven't decided. I was for a while doing Intestinal Fortitude, which is where Cemetery Gates was originally hosted, uh, but then that kind of went the funk, and we moved over to Podbean, so. And I still have the opportunity, right, for killer reviews, but the site's just like It's not maintained. It's not, you know, it's there, just not really doing anything. So I was like, I don't really know that or do do my own thing. I don't know. But I have some stuff written just sitting on. I really like uh, writing essays and stuff uh, these days. I'm more opposed to traditional reviews. It's a little more fun. So
0: is that right? Well, I'm in grad school. Would you be willing to write some essays for me? (laughs) Um, Because I fucking hate it, Sanders. So that would be. I'll pay you in only Canadian on like,
2: dollars. Only in weird uh French First exploitation money. films from the 60s and 70s will I write about for you. So well, you that's know not what gonna that help is. me in
0: my master's yeah, in
2: education.
1: Just, you should you just <laughs> you should submit that anyways, Heather. See what happens. <laughs> see
0: what I get a grade on. I'll be like, you can't stop my creativity. <laughs> this is art. This is art. They'll <laughs> so be like, so you want to murder the children? so they learn better yes
1: it's fine it's
2: totally this fine. is
0: clearly the way education is going
1: strike fear on them and they will listen that's the american <laughs> education system i'm learning from them
0: <laughs> well excellent thank you so much sander for sharing and we look no forward to this podcast and people listening to you moving forward instead of us um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> <laughs> enjoy was- the last episode of friday nightmares um but we're going <laughs> to into our 2020 watches um sander please um when we go around scott and i will usually talk about the movie if you've seen the movie feel free to add your thoughts uh,
2: yes i have because i was going to add a couple but you guys already had them on the list oh, look so at this like, oh perfect late. Ballas.
0: yeah balas uh, so, so the first one is the call yes. 2020 which one is two was on ne- still- on Shutter.
1: yeah this is the south korean netflix The south korean okay, one not the yeah. lynn shea and tobin bell one no
0: no okay no the the one that just dropped on shutter what two weeks ago
1: yeah i think it was about yeah two weeks ago same time as another one that i think we'll be talking about on the list yep, coming right up
0: so what did you gentlemen think of this movie we'll start with scotty
1: i didn't see this one fyi oh
0: no okay we'll start with oh, Scot- oh. scotty only scotty what do
1: you think all right of this well movie? <laughs> this movie was very very interesting the way it all plays out i thought it was going to be more of a supernatural style horror film. And when in reality, it's kind of more an alternate reality style horror film with things just kind of happening like in the present and in the past. And yeah, the way like the storylines connect, because it's pretty much about this woman that moves into uh, a house and she ends up getting these random calls that, seem like someone is in danger and she finally ends up like convincing the person that's on the call to like communicate with her. And you find out that this is someone in the past that she's talking to and she's trying to help her with what's going on in the movie. And then things just kind of ramp up from there. And this, this could have, this is one of those films that if not done right, would have just fallen apart instantly. Because of so many plots. So points. if
0: it was done by an American.
1: Yes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it would have
0: but, been a lot shittier. There'll probably but, eventually be an American remake. I'm guaranteeing there will I'm be. Sure.
1: <laughs> but I can but I have to say this was put together so perfectly and could have easily just like raw one wrong thing could have just completely screwed this film up. And no, this was just an excellent, excellent film that I highly, highly recommend.
0: So you said it's South Korean, right? Yep. I believe yeah. so yeah and I think I love
2: the, a lot of their a lot of movies that come out of South Korea I'm usually a pretty big fan of so they usually yeah. they're very good at like touting that line quite often where it's just like okay it could go one way or the other but and a lot of a lot of times it does go the other way but the vast majority of the time they do typically do okay so yeah and this yeah. one they did it's amazing it's a good
0: ghost story. Um and I think the character development is very good between the two main female uh leads. Would you and call this cr- a ghost story? I would call it, well, I think it's a little ghosty because of it going back and forth with how it goes back. And personally, maybe other people don't consider it like that um, because you're looking at a time lapse here. Oh, that's true. Right? And I think what's interesting is there was a movie that came out like this years ago, and it was about a gentleman that got a radio and he was able to connect with his father. It's not a ghost story. Um, and he tries to prevent something happening to his dad. Oh, I remember uh, hearing about through that. Through the movie. frequency and i i what i didn't enjoy was the last last end of the third act i feel like i didn't get it um my little simple heather brain so sander watch it and then come back on the show and explain it to me that would be great and i was wrong this is on netflix it's not on shutter this is on netflix okay um and i do think this is an example of where netflix has really upped their game with horror but international horror
2: yeah international Uh, everything i I would say yes yes i
0: i stick to a lot of international horror but i would you're probably right other international films.
2: yeah so if you if anybody listening is a fan of like crime thrillers like with like elements of horror there is some really great argentinian and spanish um stuff on netflix that they've put the money behind and they they're shot great and the stories are great and it's the best stuff that they have on netflix honestly in my
0: opinion nice Awesome, awesome. And I'll let Scotty talk about this next bad boy.
1: All right. So this one has been getting lots and lots and lots of love through the horror community. And this one always, this is the film I was just referencing earlier with The Call. This one and The Call both came out roughly around the same time on Netflix. And this one is a Spanish horror film called Don't Listen. Um, And this one is basically about this kid that is hearing voices which pretty much force you to do crazy things like commit suicide and other things like that and not going to get too much into the story because there is a twist that happens but i will say like this was a pretty good film um i'm not as high on it as everyone else's but i did enjoy my time with it the characters were all very well acted but, i mean Once again, it's Spanish horror, and I don't think there's been too many Spanish horror films where I have been disappointed by the acting. And uh, it's had some good creepy moments to it. I felt certain spots were a bit predictable towards, like, the end. Um, But, like, leading up to it, I wasn't sure what was going to go on. But this is one that I would say is uh, fairly enjoyable. And this one is definitely a supernatural film. Like, total ghost story style. And I'd say it's worth watching because, yeah, a lot of people have been finding a lot of enjoyment out of this film, but this is one of those where it just, it was okay
0: for me. I'm going to say something very egocentric here. I think this movie is good, and we all know my love for Spanish films. Um, but I think you're only really impressed by this if you haven't watched a lot of other movies this year. Because I don't think even when it comes to ghost stories, it's one of the better ones that have come out this year, personally. I I agree. think there's other international ones that have been better, but I think for a Netflix... You know, if you're already paying for Netflix, this is some quality that comes out here. But if I had to choose between the call and don't listen, it would be the call. Have you seen this one, Dave?
2: I have not, but I did have a question about uh, the kid that hears the voices. Is it just like a normal everyday kid and they put some sort of disability on him, like some of the other, uh, you know, because a lot of times they'll do that. Mm -hmm. Like the kid will be autistic or the kid will be, you know, and so his heightened sense of whatever is because of his disability. I didn't know if this one was just a normal.
1: Uh nope, this is just a uh, normal kid. It's just a uh, curse that is on this house, pretty much. Yeah. Not that there's anything
0: that. wrong
2: with autistic kids, please don't nobody take it that way. But you but. heard it first, guys. <laughs> this is what
0: Sander thinks. <laughs> <laughs> come back to Friday nightmares, don't close cemetery gates. <laughs> um, but I, I think I I you know you made me just think of come play, um yes. Sander. I'm not sure yeah. if you've seen that one. But um, but yeah, no, and you honestly don't get to know the kid for that long. He's not in it for more than the first act. So, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's much development. See, that's anyway. I'm. I'm gonna be given away too much if I. I say that, that, that's a big spoiler right there. <laughs> Not really. That's what I was trying to avoid. I don't think that's a big spoiler at all. Uh, it you happens always... in the first ten minutes. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Scott can decide if he wants to take that out. He spoils movies all the time. I don't think. No, no, I'm just point. giving
1: you a hard time because like you always say, I spoil.
0: Yeah, that's because you kids. give away the endings. I don't. <laughs> uh,
2: we're we're uh, we're awful about spoil Well. We used to care about spoiling. And sometimes we won't, like, if we feel it, like, really ruins it. But nine times out of ten, we're like, no, we're talking about the whole thing.
0: Well, we try not to with our 2020s. Um, yeah. So Scott can choose to delete that if he wants to um, when he makes his decision when he's editing. Just um, add a,
2: a squeaking horn into it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there go, I can. Right? you go. You could do that, actually. <laughs> um, but I, I honestly think the call was a better move. If you're choosing yeah. your time, Dave, honestly. Sander. Um, um, If you're choosing your time, Sander, I would go with The Call. I think you will honestly enjoy Uh, that
3: one. I waste
2: my time on a lot of garbage. Oh, well
0: then, keep wasting your time. (laughs) Never mind. Don't listen to me. Uh, Direct to video. This is a documentary. You skipped
1: one that you watched only.
2: Oh,
0: I did. The Closet.
1: You must have wanted to keep it there then,
0: huh? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's good. Have you seen The Closet, Sander?
2: Uh, I've seen... um, Cameron's Closet. I assume it's not the same thing because that was from the 70s.
0: No, I believe this is also a South Korean film. Hmm. And it to me is uh, one of the best ghost stories that have come has come out this year. I was glued to my screen the entire time. It has a 98 minute runtime. You can find this well, we watched it through a Good Friends Plex. I'm going to assume iTunes yeah, that'll.
1: I think it's available just yet i think it's coming out here in a cup another week or two on shutter uh, i think just uh to rent
0: oh vod okay yeah it's worth renting this movie is personally i think it's an exceptionally well done ghost story uh characters are very believable it's it gets you in the feel south korean films man they like they dig into your heart and and they then can they squeeze
2: it and then they <laughs> take it out and throw it against the wall and put it back in and then you <laughs> off the bridge.
0: Um, Scotty, I'm adding watch. this to my,
2: wa- I'm adding this to one of
3: my
1: watch lists. On my
2: oh, watch list.
0: please, I think you will really enjoy it. Um, Scotty, what do you think?
1: I have not seen this yet. This is what? one that. Yeah, this is what I kept telling you. I'm like, I'm trying to get to it this week. I'm trying to get to it. But I just had so many other films I was trying to catch up with because. Yeah, like some came
2: out last week. There's like three. Oh, I going to see. I was
1: trying to catch up with Heather because all of a sudden she just went on a freaking roll of 2020 and just knocking him out left and right. I'm like, <laughs> all right, so I'm going to watch this one. I'm going to watch this one. I'm going to watch this one. And this is one that I'm definitely going to be watching before we do our end of the year show.
0: Yeah, you got to. It is. Yeah. I, I yeah, but sometimes we have different tastes, but I think you'll at least enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, well, you know, usually if you really Ooh. dig it, it's 90% of the time I do too. That's
0: true. This is true? This is it's true? It's the
1: exact opposite, though, with if I really dig it, you <sighs> may not.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to get to one of those in a bit. Yeah, i oh, I don't know what is wrong with you. All right. Many things. Um, have you seen direct-to-video then? Did you watch that? Yes. Okay, I'll let you talk about that person. All
1: right, so direct-to-video is uh, a documentary that is pretty much covering a lot of the, well, direct video horror films that came out in the 90s. Uh, covers a lot, like a lot of interviews and uh, conversations with a lot of people from Full Moon and uh, Troma. So it highlights a lot of those films. And, Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's it brought me back to my childhood because I watched yeah. so many of these movies because like, my stepdad worked for a video distribution company and would always bring... Uh, horror films home and just we'd add them to our collection and it was always like the puppet master movies and trancers and oh yeah demonic toys and all that stuff so it like seen a lot of these and they talk some exploitation and a few other things that were direct video but I thought this was uh, a very well done low budget style documentary
2: like felt like somebody's passion project that had a little bit of money and was like I want to make a
1: yes they actually okay may have recognized you may recognize the director his name is uh dustin ferguson okay yeah he does a lot of the lower budget horror films yeah yeah this was one of his passion projects that he really oh cool
2: yeah i need to definitely check that out then
1: yeah i definitely recommend it it's a very good doc- documentary uh there's
2: so seen- much there's so much good stuff in there from like i don't know like late like 87 88 to like 95 ish there's just tons of great stuff that It just has slowly fallen through the cracks. I actually just picked up a movie called um, The Garden Tool Massacre. That was like a straight video from 1993. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but it's just like a weird independent. And I think that one's like actually shot on video. So it's like a little more shaky
1: cam, but. And I I do enjoy a lot of those shot on video style films. Yeah, some of them are great. Uh, Heather, uh, how about you? What are your thoughts on this one? I don't
0: think I can add anything. You did such a good job, Scott. I just enjoyed it. It was a solid documentary. Um, There's only one documentary I haven't been able to get through, Um, and I think it's just because I don't have the love for The Exorcist that other people do. Oh, yeah. Um, Uh, I just found that one incredibly boring. But this, I thought, was very palatable, and I think anybody who remembers 90s horror straight to video will enjoy this.
1: All the full
2: moon
0: babies. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly.
1: (laughs) Uh, And Heather, the... You are up on this one.
0: Oh, am I the only one that's seen this one, too? I watched it
1: with you, but I just did direct
0: a video, so. Oh, okay. It cuts (laughs) deep. It cuts deep. Um, This is like Scott's movie written all over it. When I watched this movie, I was like, oh, my God, it's about a relationship. Scott, you're going to like this film. So I want (laughs) to know if I was right. Scott, did you like this? I did enjoy this one.
1: Um, Like, I did really like the relationship building in this film the story on the other hand was definitely low budget and you
0: could see that like it shown <laughs> through yeah um, it is definitely like what you can expect when you go you know i want to make a horror movie and i'm a first time director without a lot of money yep and this it's, is probably what you're gonna do <laughs> yeah.
1: i really enjoyed the uh the boyfriend in this because he cracked me up because he was just he kind of reminded me of me just like saying just stupid shit mm-hmm. just to be funny
0: mm-hmm.
1: um though there's a turn in it later that I'm not really buying with him like the yeah the film.
0: yeah but, but you're like, coming you things, yes right but I what I appreciate about this film is I thought the characters for what it was played themselves well it doesn't overstay its welcome you're looking at something that's under 77 minutes you know watch like it's smart you don't drag out shit longer than you need to it is available to rent and i recommend it to rent i enjoyed it a lot it's on itunes google play microsoft store and youtube yep and i
1: completely agree with you and uh did you watch this one xander no i have not seen this one all right this is definitely another one that i'd recommend it's very interesting uh Especially if you just dig the low-budget stuff because they do...
2: I love low-budget stuff. I noticed listening to the shows, a lot of times you guys do not like the low-budget stuff.
0: So. <laughs> oh, really? You haven't heard some of our reviews? One of my favorite movies this year was A Perfect Host. Oh, and it yeah. was a low-budget film with Airbnb. Well, yep. that and live, live and live stream And Live Scream. But ready. yeah, we don't like all of them. Like, yeah. they reach. Scott likes that. I think it's a piece of shit. But Scott's I movie thought on that was
2: thing. okay. I, well, I, like, I think it would be like a three out of five. Whatever.
0: Did you know it was done by um, Scott's Drama Club?
2: Oh, God, here we go again. In Schwartz Creek, <laughs> Michigan?
0: Oh, yeah. They actually gave him a part, but he couldn't make it that day. You're such a good So he was He has a signed copy of the DVD. Or, sorry, Blu-ray, if you want it. Oh. And,
1: we'll, and we'll be getting to another movie.
0: Cut. We'll be getting
1: to another movie that Heather believes is part of my drama club as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Scott's Drama Club did that one, too. <laughs>
1: Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll jump on to the next film, which is one that I'm really loving. The more I sit with it, and that is uh, anything for Jackson that released on Shudder which is I'm gonna read the synopsis because this is kind of a crazy, crazy ass film for sure. But, uh, after losing their only grandson in a car accident, grief-stricken Audrey and Henry, a doctor, kidnaps his pregnant patient with intentions of performing a reverse exorcism putting Jackson inside her unborn child. It doesn't take long to figure out Jackson isn't the only ghost the grandparents invited into their home. Now it's a race against time for the couple as well as the pregnant woman to figure a way out of the haunting they've set upon themselves. And right off the bat, I have to say the director apparently has done nothing but Hallmark Christmas movies. And Hmm. this is his first foray. Which I
0: watched this week.
1: He's been holding out on us. Yep, his, and his name is Justin G. Dick, or Dyck, D-Y-C-K. I'm not sure how you would pronounce that. But um, All right. but yeah, like I I heard it was a guy that did Hallmark movies. I'm going, wait a minute. Okay, <laughs> what? The, what? Um, this is going to be terrible. And then I watched it and was completely and utterly creeped out by some of the scenes in this film. There were some extremely shocking and unnerving moments for something that I did not expect to like originally.
2: Yeah, I I, I like this one a lot as well. It does have a lot of like, oh, oh, crap moments. Like I didn't, okay, yeah. (laughs) And it definitely does. It has a really great job with uh, sound editing in that one too. Like the music is fantastic. Uh, There's certain things that happen with some of these other things that come into the house that I don't necessarily want to give away but like it's a very specific sound that you hear and it comes through and you're like, wait a minute. And then it's revealed to you and you're like, holy crap. Uh, it's it's super fun. I think the actors are great. Julian Richings is a character actor that's been in a million things. Um, he's been in uh, Urban Legends, uh, 12 Monkeys TV show. He's got like 215 IMDB credits. You would recognize this guy from something. TV, uh, horror movies, he's been in some X-Men movies, he's been in Superman movies, he's, he's everywhere. I uh, just a good, solid character actor, and he knocks it out of the park, I think, in this one, playing the doctor. Uh, so yes. that was huge, huge, huge positive for me that he was in it.
1: And Heather, what did you think?
0: I don't think I can add anything that you gentlemen haven't already said. It was a very well-filmed movie. It used, um, I believe, a lot of practical effects very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was some very good people with additional talents yes. that were in this film that were exceptional. Um. The plot moved quickly. It was a palatable watch, an easy watch. It startled me at times. Yeah. Like there were times where I was like, ah! <laughs> that's, always, <laughs> that's always a good sign when it makes you jump, right? Um, now, unfortunately, it's not on Canadian Shutter. So for my American viewers, oh, right. you can access it. Um, I had to get it by other means. But uh, for everyone living in the US and possibly Australia, maybe Tim Davis can comment on whether they have it in uh australia but it is available on shutter
1: yep yeah, and uh i will say this is uh definitely top 10 f- material for a lot of people the, oh, yeah, yeah this is
2: top f- for the year this is in my top five hands down there's no way this doesn't make it in my top five for from 2020
1: i'm thinking i don't, the I, don't, same I, don't
2: thing. I don't see like the more i think about it i'm like
0: no no you're in the top five
2: yeah <laughs> here's your here's your rose you get to go to the next
0: level nothing i've always wanted a rose <laughs> my dream you know one day
2: <laughs> well christmas is coming so
0: that's true you never know right you never know um is it my turn next guys? yes it is uh freaky 2020 have you I, seen this uh sander
2: no i'm really on the fence about it though <laughs> it was two and i think I, it, I, I, it's a bloom house picture right it is yep. i have a, a very
0: vapor.
1: happy death day
2: yeah pretty much love hate relationship with bloom house they can do a lot of stuff really great and then give you some of the worst garbage that's ever been put on screen i, I don't understand it
0: yeah yeah absolutely and i think that's the best like definition i've heard
2: because <laughs> well, they make like the invisible man with elizabeth moss which was fantastic um and then they made some of those hulu movies that are just awful at the end of the dark series like there's like <laughs> They're terrible. There's like a couple of them that are watchable, but none of them are really. Oh they're man, I like. Formulaic, really and funny. I'm like, okay, house
0: But I look at those as pop, as I call bubblegum horror. They're not real for real horror fans. You're showing that to people that are like, like, I want something scary, but not too scary, you know. And you and you it's throw a, on that the, shit,
2: the right? soccer mom. could like label yes. the soccer mom. Yes, yes, <laughs>
0: yes. That is the best. That's a really. I'm good an movie. edgy mom.
2: I watch Hulu in the dark. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's exactly who it's for. Exactly. Um, this With I Hallmark say, movies
2: don't cut it anymore? <laughs> Into the Dark. I want to step
0: my game. <laughs> I'll show Susie at the potluck. um so if <laughs> Goddamn mashed potatoes taste like garbage. <laughs> so this movie, I can say, is better than Into the Dark. um If you gotta like Vince Vaughn. That is the only yeah, oh, which I
2: oh, love. it's fun and and just about everything. So I can't actually think of a movie I didn't like him in. So
0: so then you will like this because okay. he he steals the show. He's
2: like if he's really like his funny. character in old school like in Wedding Crashers, I'm in. Um, um no, th- no, no, no.
0: Like not- the zany. Hey! Oh yeah, he's zany. He's he's yeah. definitely zany. Um, I think it's worth the rental. I think it's a great horror comedy. I think for some people it will be their favorite horror comedy of the year. Do I think it's that level? No, I think there's other movies that I found funnier, but I I think it's very palatable, easy to watch, and you could show it to, like, maybe someone who kind of likes horror but doesn't like horror and you want to just watch a kind of horror movie that's not really a horror movie and watch it. Um, What do you think, Scotty?
1: I'm pretty much right there with you. Uh, This, though, I would probably put it up like it may be in my, like, contention for best comedy horror for the year Mm. because, man, I was laughing my ass off at some of these scenes and fucking... uh, (laughs) Vince Vaughn just doing what he does and just, like, the way he's portraying, like, a, what was it, 15-year-old girl is freaking yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And though, when he is, when he's the killer, he's actually intimidating as fuck.
0: Yeah, like, he does a good oh, yeah. job.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. very intimidating as the killer. Yeah. And then when he's, like, when he switches it off and goes right to the 15-year-old girl, it's like, holy shit, it's just it's like a light switch just like yeah. the way you can switch between them and,
2: it's- and it sounds like he's a great casting for that because if you've seen him in um like Domestic Disturbance and that's
0: the movie i was referring to before even, yeah she was telling even, me
2: about that one the psycho remake the Gus Van Zandt psycho remake he actually does a really good job of being like creepy but it's weird because he can, he's quite can go from one end to the other but i think it's probably for him it's going to be a little more reliant on how well the script is written Yeah, he can
1: yes. pull it
2: off but he's definitely got that range which is super impressive
1: yeah and i have to say um for I did not expect this film to be as violent as it is either. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of good gore in this film. And it was,
2: like, supposed to be full mainstream in theaters, too, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: I think it lasted one week in my theater before the, we got the shutdown again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'll bring up the next one, which is... Oh, we is... got to see where we
0: can find it. Oh, yes. It's um, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Microsoft Score, and for my Canadian brothers and sisters. It is now f- officially on Cineplex, which is our major... Um, Go to so um, how basically Canada has been handling COVID is everyone's put into specific regions. So some areas may have theaters, some areas may not. So they waited a while because it was still playing in theaters in different areas of Canada because Canada is big for my American friends. It's it's large, just it's so we're clear.
1: Very huge.
0: There's multiple provinces. I do not live near BC. So she lives in
1: winter wonderland, people.
0: No, I do not live in
1: <laughs> I love BC, Scotty. BC but
0: See, the fact that you know where BC is already makes me like you more. Yeah, Um, spent two weeks there, two summers ago. See, there we go, a knowledgeable person. So this took a while, but it is now on Cineplex for renting for anyone in Canada who wants to support Cineplex. And please support Cineplex. They need our support right now. Please rent it from Cineplex if you can. So that's my PSA for Cineplex. (laughs)
1: and then uh i will jump into the next film which i believe this one is uh to rent on amazon and it is called snatchers (laughs) yeah it is this movie all right this movie is about pretty much a teenage girl ends up having sex for the first time and she ends up getting pregnant but the thing is this pregnancy is not normal it is a pretty much uh Goes from zero months pregnant to nine months pregnant in one to two days.
0: Whichever woman probably wishes was reality.
1: <laughs> right, just to get it like, done let's and over Let's be with. fucking
0: real talk. I've never had a baby, but I've never heard some woman be like, man, I really love being swollen. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you
2: ever had your ankles, like, bigger than the base of your feet? No.
0: Like, right. <laughs> it looks really painful. So, you know, I'm sure, like, everyone's fantasy is for this to be a reality. Only not what happens, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. And uh, what happens is she ends up giving birth to this kind of cute puppety looking alien that likes to attach itself to the back of people's heads and basically control them like it's a a parasite. And then it basically turns the people against them. And it is freaking hilarious. It's violent. uh, And just all around very, very, very entertaining movie. Like this is... This is also one that's in contention for uh, my favorite comedy horror of the year. Nice. Yeah, it seems like the
2: title makes a play on body snatchers. If it, you know, latching on and all that
0: stuff. Yeah. Very similar to that. Smart one, Sander. You got this shit. We should just step away. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I will caveat that this is a very teenage girl. Uh, focused dialogue it's very millennial focused dialogue so if you are somebody who doesn't like millennials for whatever reason this may this dialogue may you know get on your nerves a little bit uh but i still think it's worth watching i found it very funny it's available through amazon itunes google microsoft score and youtube and then the next one spontaneous Mm. have you seen this one sander
2: no, but it sounds like it's about combustion. Am I right? <laughs> close. Very, Very close. Much. Um, much.
0: I, I guess, Scotty, I'll let you. I kind of, just because I thought you were busy at that moment, I went through and just read the All next right. movie. But I'll let you talk about this one if you want. All right.
1: This one is on the verge of what I would call more of a drama than horror film. Mm-hmm. But the horror elements is these kids in this high school just sitting there doing their normal normal day when all of a sudden one student just explodes into a pool of blood for no reason. And then all of a sudden it just starts happening to all the rest of the students in this high school at random times and pretty much puts them into quarantine where they're getting tested and all that stuff, trying to figure out what's going on. And they think it's some type of viral disease, but this pretty much is a coming of age story that has a very, very strong uh, focus on teenage relationships and a lot of the teenage angst that comes along with growing up as well. But man, the acting in this is incredible. The character building is amazing. It's got some funny, uh, like light moments to kind of give you some levity. But this is a very, very serious, pretty heartbreaking. Story that, yeah, it left me like feeling very sad, but at the same time, like, this is such a well done, amazing film that I highly recommend anybody watch this.
2: Yeah, see, that's a great thing for me. Like, a lot of people are like, ah, oh. I was like, well, that movie really like messes with your head and like upsets you and you know, makes you feel like a very specific way. Like, oh, I can't believe you do that. But to me, it's like, that's like the thing about these movies is like, when you really like do a lot of things really well. From like a story standpoint, and managed to put it together on screen, and when all the pieces align, like it has a very lasting effect on you, and like it's it's true art, you know, it's, yeah, it's art. So it's good stuff. You, I'll definitely put that on the list.
1: Yeah, and when you have when you can get a film that just pulls on the emotions like that, it's impressive. Yeah, like and you've seen this as well, Heather, right?
0: I I have. No, the only criticism I have of it is it reminded me very much of Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist from two thousand and eight. I okay. actually felt without the clear plot thing that was integrated into this film, it walked a very similar line. Okay. Um, which is fine. That was a good movie, but it, I definitely went into it thinking it was going to be a more of a horror than it was. Um, I think if I had walked in knowing it was going to be more along the lines of, like a Juno as well, like just how the acting and the dialogue is. It reminded me very much of Nick and Nora, Juno, um, which is fine. It's, it's just not a fast paced movie, but a very yeah. enjoyable movie and a very well acted. The young actors that are in it do a phenomenal job. All of them probably have a very bright future ahead of them. I hope. yeah. Um, especially the young man that's in it. I, th- I think I've seen him in other things. He looked um, very familiar to me. He looked very familiar. It is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google, um, Amazon to rent or Prime, I guess, um, depending, I guess, where you live for Prime, and Microsoft Store.
1: Yeah, uh, high recommend for me, for sure. Now for the fun. Dum-dum-dum. So the next film on the list is the Castle Freak remake that was an exclusive on Shudder, dropped, I think, the same day as anything for Jackson. And this pretty much is a different take sorry. of Oh sorry. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but pretty much a different take on the Castle Freak movie that Stuart Gordon did back in the 80s. Um, it instead of it being a young child that is blind, it ends up being an older woman like her and her boyfriend, like drinking at a party, they get in a wreck, and she ends up being blind from the wreck. And then later on finds out that she has inherited a castle that is hiding a monstrous beast within its walls and this is a very Lovecraftian horror film Mm. and actually takes the story of the I forget the name of the book that Castle Freak was based off of or the short story but takes that story and then has three or four different stories of Lovecrafts implemented into this to give you, because Castle Freak was poor, more like just like monster movie, monster hiding in the walls. This one is definitely more Lovecrafty and has a lot of the elder god talk and like summoning the old ones, and even brings in the ne- Necronomicon and all that. So of course, you know Lovecraft, Scott, it I I fell in love. Yes, Heather, I know. The acting is pretty Painful. bad.
0: It is some of the worst acting I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> your drama club could have done better.
1: And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I will say, like, I really enjoyed this because it had some great effects. The monster was really freaky looking. Uh, practical effects were really done well. And I really did enjoy the story because of how it brought in a couple of different stories from Lovecraft.
2: Yeah, the, the original Castle Freak is based off The Outsider. Yes, that was the name of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I forget the name, like, uh, Jamie Sammons and Brian Sammons from ABC's The Hidden Horror talked about what other books were implemented into this movie, and, then, and I and forget which ones they
0: were. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I highly recommend this one, like, if you're a big Lovecraftian fan. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, <laughs> Heather.
0: Um, I agree that it was well-filmed. The practical effects were exceptional.
2: Sounds like reluctancy
0: right there. Um, but the acting was fucking atrocious, Scott. It was it was some of the worst I've ever seen. There's one part, and I don't care if this is a spoiler, it's a sex scene and someone's fucking masturbating in a stairwell beside them. It's fucking stupid. It, it, What's wrong with it's that? It's a porn. It's a porn, the, and you see the, so much. When the mood then hits that's you. that's fine. Yeah, when the mood hits your eye, like a pizza pie
1: you
2: know look we all know i like the, the movie okay. judge the most primal like you
3: know
0: i don't desires. judge trust me sander i am all about being down <laughs> to pound but this movie i was watching and i was like "You gotta be fucked and the, some of the characters are so over the top like i'm a bitch i'm a nice girl i'm a dick and i just i i think that if this movie had got better actors and a better script it would have been better yeah i think old. it was a beautifully filmed movie i think the practical effects were awesome i think um, i have to watch it now and i yeah. think that they there was potential but the poor acting and the poor delivery of the you. lines and the poor written yeah. film this would never even grace a top 10 i don't believe in right. doing bottom 10s but if i did it would be a bottom 10. now this yeah. would be
1: my top 20 out of the 200 yeah. some odd films i've seen yeah yeah so,
2: so for i guess it's just the way that i kind of got like into horror was like really on like the independent like lower budget stuff so like for like acting i almost always can give a pass on if everything else is good like if the writing is is solid and sound and if everything else is handled the writing is not solid and sound i can get i can get over the acting like it really doesn't bother me because i've suggested movies that people are like the acting's fucking a i was like well but who cares they're like i care i'm like oh
0: Okay, sorry. <laughs> I think you'll feel very different watching this film, Xander. Unless I'm going to really watch it, watch it tonight. Now. Like, yeah, I, have if a feeling... like, I like softcore poems. Hey,
2: man, I love silk stockings. And okay, science, then you know
0: what? And... Maybe this, will... you and Scott will definitely. Yeah, enjoy honestly, this I have movie. a feeling,
1: if anything, Xander will probably uh, land somewhere in between us. At the very well, least
2: well, it's going to happen this weekend. I'm going to watch it
0: tonight or tomorrow morning. So. We actually want you to leave and watch it now and come back. <laughs> <laughs> and pause. <laughs> no, we're going to keep going, but we've, we'll just, just two hours. watch it. Yeah. Right? We, just follow my you, name when
2: you need me. I'll right. On. We
0: want midway updates throughout it. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, if you are interested in watching it, you can I find am. it on iTunes. <laughs> Sandra, I am going to watch it. I'm like, why? Um, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> you can watch it on iTunes, Google, Shutter. Microsoft score, store and uh YouTube and it is available in Canada if you feel like torturing yourself my Canadian friends.
1: or if you feel like giving yourself an amazing Lovecraftian
0: yeah or if you need something to like get you going so then, yes. should I
1: go
2: in with the expectation of just like completely removing the original Castle Freak out of my mind and try to visualize it as um, its own thing? or is there some like nods to it at all
1: I, there are some nods to it but I would say this is more of a like
2: clean slate and go. oh yeah,
1: almost kind of like a clean slate that takes the outsider's storyline and then just builds on it and adds more to it. Okay. Cool. I'm in. All right. And it looks like uh these four are all you, Xander.
2: They're all me. These.
0: You
1: haven't
2: seen any of them?
0: Nope. I've these are ones one. I have
1: not
2: seen.
0: I've seen one of them.
2: Nice. All right. Uh well two of these are there's only one way to see two of these, so uh, the first one up is Last Thanksgiving uh, from 2020. Uh, this is an independent release from Ske- Scream Team releasing, who does a lot of really great independent um, releases of movies. Like one of the cool things they do, if you're not familiar with them, they'll when a movie first comes out, they'll offer like signed editions, so you can get it signed by the cast and the crew and everything. Nice. But uh, Last Thanksgiving is about a a family of cannibalistic like people that have like uh, pilgrim heritage. They're not technically like actual pilgrims but like it's in their bloodline or whatever and they get pissed off because a restaurant's staying open for thanksgiving and one of the characters that works at the restaurant has like a big falling out with her family she just is a typical teen that hates her mom and dad and she just goes to work like mad at her mom and dad inventing about how awful they are and then this family of you know comes in and decides to slaughter every one of them and then from there on it's just like a cat and mouse game of like how the hell are they going to escape these crazy ass pilgrim people uh but it has a lot of really good like effects it definitely like harkens on that like 80 vibe like it's 80s vibe it's shot like with a little bit of grain to it um the sets are all kind of i wouldn't say they're like perfect 80s sets but they do make an attempt to make things like dated looking as far as like props and where the are recording and the vehicles that are around so it doesn't. Gives you a pretty good vibe, an uh, uh, 80s vibe to it, even though I don't even think it's technically set in the 80s, but that's just kind of what they were going for. Nice. Um, but as far as like a Thanksgiving like slasher film, I think this one kind of checks most of the boxes. You know, we don't have a ton of really great Thanksgiving horror flicks.
1: No, there's um, only like technically two good ones, I would say Pilgrims and Blood Rage.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And to and me, Blood both Rages. of those is, I didn't like Pilgrims. Well, it was okay. And then Blood Rage is. Fun to watch once for me. Like it was fun to watch one time, uh, and this one, uh, you know, it's. I think it's a great independent, like little weird slasher holiday uh, release. So, but unfortunately, the only way you can get it is buying it from Scream Team right now. It's not streaming anywhere.
0: How much so. is it?
2: I think it's nineteen ninety
0: nine. Okay. okay.
2: So that's if you want those, it, if you want it signed,
0: Canadian. Okay.
2: <laughs> if, if you want it signed by the cast and crew, I think it's like twenty three ninety nine. They don't charge. They charge like four or five bucks more for a signed copy. Uh, but honestly, it's it's a cool it's a cool attempt at a Thanksgiving slasher, and I will definitely watch it again uh, around Thanksgiving time. I think it was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say expect like amazingness from it. Uh, you really gotta uh, just appreciate the stuff that it does do, and I, and I really did, and I thought it was solid. So I I recommend last
1: Thanksgiving if anybody feels so inclined to check it out, please do.
0: I will try to find it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's on our good friends Plex actually. Okay. Is it? Okay. I think so.
2: And then we're, we're bad people. So we are oh, we support when we people. can. i know. Oh I got it. It gets expensive. I Yes. <sighs> yeah. So uh I guess I'm just gonna roll into the next one.
0: Yeah, keep rolling. Keep rolling, right. rolling, rolling, rolling. So up
2: oh, please next. Don't. Is, uh, <laughs> what no L M L I M P B I Z uh Up next is Range Runners. Uh another two thousand and uh, this was technically filmed in um 2019 and did it a little bit, but it eventually got us released the 22nd of, uh, not 22nd of this year. It's, re- it will be released on physical copy on the 22nd of January, but it is available on Amazon prime streaming free right now. And it's a, about a woman who has a love for hiking and decides to go on like what it, it doesn't really say, but it seems like she's doing like a segment of the Appalachian trail or something like her sister's coming in and dropping her off. Um, supplies and stuff every so often and you you eventually find out her father passes away and her and her father had a really tumultuous relationship where he was very um almost militant at her training for track running and obviously in her eyes she was never good enough for her father and so it's definitely like a stymied relationship and so this lady goes out to find basically kind of find herself and find her peace but she gets in a situation where she comes across some other hikers that are they're uh, up to no good. They're in trouble. Of
0: poor intentions
2: they're they're in trouble, so they wind up having uh, you know they kidnap her, and you know all these other things start happening. And it's a lot of flashbacks in the movie from her, whatever situation she's in in the movie, it'll flash back to a scene with her and her dad. and that's kind of like how she musters up the courage to like go on, um, which I liked a lot of this movie, but I felt like the flashbacks were they almost all were too long. Like at a certain point you get it. You're like, okay, we get it. You and your dad didn't get along. And I think this movie clocks in at like an hour and 50 minutes, which is oh wow, uh, far too long. And it's, and it's not that it's bad. Like, like she's as great as the lead. The story is solid. Um, even the bad guys in there are good. And it is, it is interesting to watch. It's just like you really, for me, like I felt like every flashback scene with her dad after the first two, they're all like a minute and a half too long, and it just like you're like, okay, we get it. I want to see what happens with the story. I get it. She's gonna, you know, use that for inspiration, and you're gonna find out like you know at her core who she is. Uh, but all in all, it's just okay. It's nothing amazing. Um, just runs a little long, but I would say check it out. It's kind of a different um, horror film. They don't really. It's filmed in the woods, so there's nothing like elaborate or crazy set wise or anything like that. But it is an interesting story. So.
0: I'm so say- gonna watch this movie. This yeah. totally is like up my alley, Sandy. Yeah. I'll say this song. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: but, yeah, I will say like it's just that the, the runtime is way too long. Like mm. it needed to be I would say an hour and thirty, an hour and thirty-five probably would have capped it. There's a lot of excess that could be cut out of the film that would make it a better film. Because like I said, I don't think it's a badly made film at all. It's just yep. it goes so long by the time you get to that last like twenty minutes they do like three flashbacks in a row. You're like, okay, that's enough.
1: Yeah, this sounds like uh, one of those movies where I will make sure to be watching it while I'm working, just to kind yeah. of help. Like you,
2: honestly, you time. could, you could, <laughs> y- you could follow along with it that way. You really could. It's not like a crazy in depth story. It's just not. So
0: that's awesome. Thank you for bringing these. By the way, it's uh, no Scott and I do watch a lot we have watched a lot this year but it's always nice when people bring new stuff that we've never heard of yeah um, well, i intentionally
2: also- tried to pick stuff that uh i couldn't see on you guys' letterbox so
0: oh that's awesome thank you yeah. um it's also available on itunes google and microsoft store and youtube um for canadians because i don't think we can get it on prime so if
2: oh that's right they do different
0: right so if any canadians are interested that's where we would get that and you- and the next one i have seen
2: oh that's cool Yeah. All right. Uh, Do you want to do
0: it? No, you go ahead and I will comment.
2: Okay. So this is another 2020 film. Obviously this is may the devil take you too. And it's technically a sequel to may the devil take you. And one of the things I really liked about this is how they kind of spun it into a sequel. So what you get here is with, if you've seen the first one, the people left at the end of the movie happen to be in this one. And the way they tie it into the sequel is a group of people that are experiencing kind of similar things and they feel since they survived essentially they survived the first movie that they can assist them in their problems um and it's all about like you know conquering the devil and fears and it's uh brother or it's uh two sisters they are sisters right
0: yes yes i believe they're sisters yeah. you're right yeah
2: yeah and it's just them they get you know they get kidnapped by this group of people it's them trying to fight their way out and of course there's a backstory of a i guess was he a foster father or, or was it yeah, i haven't seen it i saw
0: it a couple of weeks ago now so it's a little fuzzy yeah so um, i can't
2: it's i think it's he i think he's just a foster father i think it's so like too. a technical orphanage and it's a guy that has like these seven kids but he abused these kids and yes. there's all sorts of like each character has their own like issue with mm-hmm. what had gone on uh but it's—I think it's a pretty cool story. Uh, I really, I just really liked how they made it a sequel, and I yes. still like the lead characters. And it, she's great again, and I, and she's like battling through all the turmoil that they're kind of putting her through, and all these other things. I think there's great p- practical effects in it. Uh, there is some. It almost loses you a couple times because of some bad CG at a couple mm, points.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. But like
2: uh, overall, like I just enjoyed the story so much, and like I love the little. The like dilapidated house that they filmed it in uh, was really great. The sets were great, the sound was great. I was able to overlook that CGI stuff and a few other minor things that I didn't agree with, but I thought it was a great little like spooky possession, demonic film.
1: Nice.
0: I agree with you. I think the only thing I would add is that yet again Netflix put, you know pulls it out internationally and always brings the best. And I think this is better than probably other. <laughs> Wasn't this a American- uh, Shutter? I think it was Netflix, wasn't it? So the first one, oh, yeah, first Netflix.
2: Netflix. The second one is Shudder.
0: Is the second one Shutter? Yeah, the second oh, one's okay.
2: exclusive to Shutter. It's weird. That's the first movie I've ever seen where one was exclusive to Netflix
0: and the sequel was exclusive. Oh, Shudder. yep, you're right. It is. That yeah, is but, weird. Yeah. Um, I really appreciated that it was just. It was a really decent ghost story. I don't think it'd be my top ghost story because I didn't see the first no. one. And well,
2: the I first do one's think good. That, the first one's I, good, but I would argue that this one actually. There was things I liked more in the second one than I did in the first one. Really?
0: So, yeah. It's a
2: solid sequel for, uh, you know, normally you don't get good sequels out of stories like this, right? No. You really don't. So the fact that we got one that was very watchable and entertaining was, was two thumbs up for me.
0: Awesome. Yeah, no, so it's on Shudder, and you can access it in Canada if you want to like to watch it on Shudder as well. Yeah. And then <laughs> you got the last one got the last one. So
2: this is actually another one from Scream Team Releasing just because I happened to buy this in the last Thanksgiving at the same time. Nice. Uh, This is Spine Chiller, uh, another 2020 movie. And the whole idea here is it's like a little anthology film, but it's wrapped around this Spine Chiller event, which is an annual Halloween dance. And they just kind of go from story to story. I think there's four different stories about all the people that are invited to dance and how their little spooky stories all kind of align up it starts off really slow and like, it's like, nah. but it does finish strong. Not the best anthology in the world, not the best anthology in the world, but it does hit a lot of uh, really good spots in there. There's a few good practical effects scenes. Obviously I didn't have a ton because it's a pretty low budget film. Uh, mm. But for, you know, for what they had and what they did, I thought it was, it was entertaining enough. Uh, I would just kind of, you know, another anthology film. We have a ton of them, you know, so
0: I like it anthologies like a... a lot, actually. Yeah, like
2: I hold this one up. So there's another one called 10:31. Yes, I actually really watched great. that this year of uh, the Mortuary Collection, which is oh, really yes. great.
3: God. Yeah.
2: Uh, yes. So yeah. there's a lot of other really good like Halloween anthology movies. So it's like hard to like say this one is super awesome, but I do think it's a great admiral effort, and it's worth checking out. And there are a few little things in there that I really did like about Spine Chiller. But uh, like I said, it started slow. But in the grand scheme of things, it's really not even that long. I think it's like an 83-minute movie, so you're not looking at anything really drawn out. If you're looking for something different, uh, something a little independent you want to support, I think this
0: one's worth checking out. That's awesome. awesome. Thank you for bringing these. Uh, yeah, thank you. you. But really appreciate welcome. it. I probably watched. I'll watch the three. To be honest with you, all of them sound yeah. like they're right up my alley. Yeah. Um, and I'll never watch Castle Freak again. Yes, um, you
1: will. You're watching. We're going to review
0: it. Oh fact, my no, 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 we're not. We're
1: going to we're going to do a commentary, commentary on it. Yes. Oh, yes. we're
0: not. I will be um, busy.
1: Nope. We'll no, read. you won't. <laughs> I will be like this. Will be the uh, when you come to visit. This is what you know. Oh, whole... I'm never
0: coming to visit again. If that's okay. this is
1: this is going to be the hostage situation we talked about before, where I'm going <laughs> to duct tape you. See, this will be the movie I'll torture you with. I'll duct tape you to a chair, feed you kale chips, and make you watch Castle Freak. Oh,
0: kale God. chips. Yep, she think... hates kale chips. Oh, no. oh, let me guess. You like kale chips, Ender?
2: Is that because I live in the city? Is, is,
0: that what... is it because you're woke? Is that why? <laughs>
2: No, I actually fucking hate Kale and I wish the world would stop telling everybody it's fucking
0: good. Thank it's you. a garnish. Andrew, it you that may way. stay on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> Great. Even though you may like Castle Freak. Um, we're going to move. <laughs> you probably will. It's kind of <laughs> um, We're going to get into our older movies. Uh, we just each brought two to the table because if not, we'd be here all day. Um, <laughs> I'll talk quickly about my two. I watched Dead End uh, 2003, which is promoted as a Christmas movie
3: this is not a Christmas
0: movie (laughs) it ain't (laughs) they're like the only thing they're driving in the car on Christmas to get there Christmas day (laughs) because they tell us it's Christmas that's why they're like there's Christmas music on the radio and and they sing jingle bells so you know um, I mean it's a (laughs) shoo-in I liked this I I watched this because Lynn Shea was on it and um Ray Loda Loda
1: Oh, Ray Liotta, Ray, Liotta. Ray yeah. Wise, Ray Wise. Oh, no, Ray
0: Wise. Sorry. Oh, okay. Ray Liotta. Good um, thing I Ray I'm Wise, here. and I know I'm just yelling out. Ray's Ray, 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 um, Ray, Ray. <laughs> the ending, I was like, "Oh fuck, come on!" It was an ending that reminded me of my new favorite movie, Campfire Tales from 1997. <laughs> um, but it was, I of that was from Blockbuster. You did you really campfire tales yeah i bet you didn't drink and drive after that movie sander because you know what would happen if you drink or drive you sit around and tell campfire fucking tales when all your friends die slowly around you, well, That's what you do. um but it was fine it was on tubi and i, like I think it's yeah it, it's entertaining enough but i i it's <laughs> a christmas ending,
3: movie
0: it was funny Parts of it were funny. I don't think it's a strong Christmas movie. The, but now that we know what Sanders believes Christmas movies are, I can see why he <laughs> thinks this is a Christmas movie.
2: And uh, the uh, the ghost in that is a uh, famous model that I'm blanking on her name right now. But she is a famous model. She looks like
0: sh- uh, Moon, um, Rob Zombie's wife.
1: Sherry Moon. No, yeah, it's
2: yeah. not her. It's not That's her. But I was like,
0: is that? He kind of does. Zombie's wife. Like <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I love that movie. There's a it's we did an fun, old right? uh, episode on. Oh, my hair is wearing masks on the, on this movie. So
0: It's a fun film. I got to say, I did enjoy some of the jokes in it. I did enjoy Lynn Shay in it. <laughs> it was really um, yeah, yeah, i it's really funny. But yeah. Amber
2: Smith is the model.
0: Anders, the Amber Smith. Um, yeah. The ending was just too cheese cheese for me. Um, but that's me. Uh, Santa Slay Now, <laughs> 2005. <laughs> this is a quality Christmas film. Uh, I watched oh this God. as well on B. And I kind of went into it like when you know that Bill Goldberg is Santa like anyone who watches wrestling is going to be like okay right, yep. right set your expectations but that opening scene with Fran Dresser and i don't know some other chris katan and <laughs> fuck it was fun like it's just stupid but it's, it knows it's stupid it's not trying to be anything other no. than some fucking dumb christmas movie no this so, is
1: like the new age jack frost
0: yeah like it was dumb it was dumb and it was it was easy to watch they had some curling shit in there which i thought was pretty fucking hilarious being <laughs> canadian um on tubi as well an easy watch i enjoyed it
2: yeah, yeah, I think it's worth watching just for Bill Goldberg
0: when he comes down the chimney. Like, yes, yes. that him. opening scene love of Bill it. Goldberg, <laughs> and he does wrestling moves when he goes to the fucking strip club. Oh yes, that was <laughs> <God. up>. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. it's, it's funny if you like wrestling or you just like stupid fucking movies, you'll enjoy this. And both yeah. are free on Tubi. So, yep, because I, I watched
1: it. this for the first time this year. With, with I think shortly after you did, and oh my god, I was oh my just god. laughing. was ridiculous, my ass right? Off. It was great. Yeah, it's super fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Xander, your two are up next.
0: Yeah, I'm up, up next. At, look how classy he is. What are, What is this What's shit?
1: Oh, yeah. So <laughs> up
2: first for me is The Beast Must Die from 1974. This is uh, Amicus Film Productions, uh, which if you're familiar with Hammer and Amicus, you know, they were some of the few great uh, studios that made a lot of horror movies back in the day. Uh, yep. But this one also happens to star... Peter Cushing in it, you know, from Dracula fame and a few other, the Hammer amicus films. But this oh, movie has I like should. a, this movie is a really cool idea. Uh, so the idea is the movie is almost um, interactive in a way from 74, which is like groundbreaking, right? Uh, so it starts off and in a, there's like a guy in the woods like running around and he's going to this castle and you're like, what the hell is going on? This is stupid. <laughs> and then you finally <laughs> figure out he's hosting an event at his house, much like Vincent Price in House on Haunted Hill, he has all these people here, and he knows one of them is a werewolf, and so he gets them all there, and basically he's trying to find the werewolf to kill it, and the movie, like, stops. When you figure all that revelation out, the movie stops, and is like, okay, now it's you get to play along and figure out which one is the the werewolf, and it tells you, like, clues will drop throughout the movie, and you'll try to piece things together, and then before the reveal, at the end of the movie, they're going to stop the screen again and give you 30 seconds to to like say your answers amongst your group and uh, see if you were right on who it was. Oh, that's cool. Right. Super cool concept. The first 45 minutes of this thing are about as boring as can be. <laughs> like, There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing happening. It's not really interesting. Peter Cushing almost is, at the beginning of the movie, he, he is kind of wasted. But toward the end, his character kind of develops into something more worth, worth watching. Um, I had really high hopes for this movie because people were like it's one of the best amicus movies that they've ever made and I while I will agree with it, it was very groundbreaking for 1974 to kind of take that approach to where your your narrator is like hey stop play along um super cool would have been great to see in the theater back then if you ever had if anybody had the ability but for me like it was just the first 40 minutes were so boring and like the payoff is the payoff is mediocre at best in my opinion there's no like super great werewolf transformation It's just eh uh, so in all in all it was just kind of okay uh but i do think it's worth watching just to kind of see that kind of goofy element but i don't expect anything like fast-paced and like amazing <laughs> like but some people love it but it just didn't it didn't check that for me in that box i just thought it was you know
1: me yeah because i've heard of this one but yeah i and I've, I've heard some good things about it, but yeah, I've never seen some it. Some
2: people love it, but I think it's one of those that you just kind of have to watch and decide on your own, like either you're into it or you're not. If you love
1: Hammer and Amicus,
2: like 90% of what they make, you won't like it because a lot of their stuff is slow building for the first 30, 40 minutes. But in some of their movies, for me, the payoff is great, and sometimes the payoff is not great. So so proceed with caution. If you want to watch The Beast Must Die, and it was available on Amazon Prime for sure for American Viewers. I don't know about Canadian viewers,
0: but <laughs> I'll have to look later. I'll
2: have to look that up. And then up next, I have Horror Rises from the Tomb from 1973. This is a Paul Naschy film. And I had recently picked up the two box sets that Scream Factory released on their Shocktober sale for like 30 bucks nice. a piece. And there's like seven, six movies on one and five movies on the other. So you get a good bit of movies. And if you're familiar with Paul Naschy at all, like he has a ton. Of movies, he's got over a hundred IMDb credits, and a lot of his movies never got like nice restorations. A lot of the a lot of the releases that we did have of his films were very poor quality. They were mm-hmm. missing, um, you know, they were missing film segments and stuff. So just a lot of like a lot of his catalog was lost, but Screen Factory got a hold of a bunch of it and cleaned them all up and made a, two beautiful box sets with amazing artwork and liner notes and all the awesome things you would ever want if this is like your genre. But horror rises from the tomb. Uh, Paul Nashi plays like a medieval like warlock and it starts off like um, you know way back forever ago start of the movie he gets killed and his wife mistress or whatever who's a vampire also gets killed and then a couple hundred years later someone finds his head that was decapitated it brings him back and he comes kind of comes back to life and starts like murdering everything inside (laughs) so there's lots of the cool uh, like cool Spanish like countryside in this film like it looks really pretty, it's cleaned up very nicely. This is a very solid uh, uh, film from from Neishi. Some of them aren't so great. This one's very good. I think it, it's definitely like a whole vibe, right? Like it's like a lot of those films kind of feel the same. And this one's, uh, you know, I don't know where it lines up in the timeline on the Neishi films, but you know, it's really, really good and it's just a fun ride. And if you just like, it's very weird though. Like, it's just a weird story. Neishi is a very creepy guy. Um, but like he just nails that like think like bella lugosi dracula but like spanish and a little more doom um a little more like dooming when he comes into the room like you're like oh shit bad stuff's about to happen it's abstract some shit but it's super cool so i loved um Horror rises from the tomb so that's a huge recommend for me and if you've never seen any of his films this is actually a great one to start with
1: yeah because i would seen uh curse of the devil when i was uh podcasting for the horror drunks and i fell in love with that movie and became one of my like top 10 werewolf films yeah and it really makes me want to look into more of his filmography which i'm probably going to do after this year's over with as first time watches
2: yeah for sure i would highly recommend those those Scream factor releases if you find them on a good deal like you're just not going to find any those particular films you're not going to find a better like transfer
1: yeah, I had the first box set and I ended up having to sell it before I got a chance to watch them all because I started just selling my collection because I realized I just never watched any physical media lately. Yeah, I've done that like 10 times, but yeah. I got to keep <laughs> like I gotta
2: keep physical some stuff. And these are things yep. that, um, you know, this is stuff that I, I would definitely hold on to. So just because there's oh. not a bunch of them out there.
1: Right. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check the, this one out at some point for sure. Um, but yeah, I'll jump into my two. Uh, and as always, I know, you really know.
0: Fo- like, Look at the shit we followed that with. Like, look <laughs> at this sandwich of like Mr. Sander oh. coming in and being like, mm, Hey guys, I see how smart I am. And I'm like, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, you learned in with this really like up there film too. That's super deep.
1: All right, so yeah, I, as always, I go with the theme so since we were doing Christmas episodes I was just trying to look for a bunch of different Christmas horror films that I've never seen before and I've watched probably a good nine Christmas horror films I've ever seen this year but I'm only going to talk about two of them right now and the first one is P2 which I'm surprised took me this long to watch but just the thought of this movie and like the synopsis and everything I was like okay It'll be kind of like a cat and mouse style game or movie, and it's not really gonna be much of a Christmas film. Boy was I wrong. This actually like a, had a lot of like elements like that, you know, made it feel like it was Christmas. Um it is pretty much a cat and mouse style movie, but holy shit, it is done really well. Wes Bentley is over the awesome. Top. He's and, awesome at it. <laughs> yes, he is great. And I was just I had a blast with this film like I'm kicking myself for not waiting so it.
2: long what was that <laughs> waiting so long to see it is there yes for? Yeah. oh
1: my god like that I'm glad Heather recommended this one to me like because yeah she ended up messaging me going if you haven't seen it watch it I'm like
2: okay yeah. yeah I think this movie falls apart without Wes Bentley honestly yeah Um, just because there's so little change in scene you're just in a parking garage right there's so little yeah. things that change within the environment that really can like amplify it and make it any better like with a poor performance with a poor performance from another character in this movie it would just be it would be it would ruin it. So Wes yeah. Bentley like kudos for, for the performance he gives in this one. It makes the entire movie in my opinion. So
1: oh it so does and that one there's that one kill in the movie that is just so freaking brutal I was like holy shit I did not expect that <laughs> Uh but yeah, this was I had a blast with this one, and this one I can see being a Christmas tradition for me now from here on out. Yeah. And the next one, um, I found this one on Shudder, and it is called Red Christmas. And I think this was an Australian-style horror film because I think the family like is all living in Australia, but it stars D Wallace as the matron of the family, and she's having the rest of her family over for Christmas. And Then someone shows up knocking on the door, just covered in rags and like is wrapped up almost like a mummy. And like you can barely understand what he's saying. He like you can tell he's kind of like slow. But he starts like talking about uh abortions and B Wallace like freaks out and kicks him out because of something that's happened to her, and she kicks him out of the house and they do it in such a rude way that you feel bad for the guy and then like he just pretty much snaps and like comes back and just starts killing and the kills in this movie are very violent and like pretty freaking awesome the characters are all fucking hateable I could not stand any of them like if and they were if there was a family like this this family should never ever ever get together ever again because this family was constantly at each other's throats. Now, and... were they
0: wearing masks? And were they socially distancing?
1: <laughs> this was 2016, Heather.
0: Before oh, that was. Oh, a sorry. Fan.
1: But yeah, oddly <laughs> enough, they totally were.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird. I don't. I don't get so it. They were trendsetters, is what <laughs> <Yeah>. you're saying. <laughs>
1: All right. Um. But yeah, besides like the just awful characters you could not get behind, um, the kills were really awesome. Uh, kind of took offense to. Uh, the way they treated uh, someone who is slow and, like, kind of how they exploited it a bit.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't find it funny when we make fun of people with developmental delays anymore. No. I don't think that's funny. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> this at time at the age. It's not. It's a it's low-hanging fruit humor. Right. It's and really it's like they're
1: not even really great. making fun of them, but, like, they, they just kind of exploit. They're using, like, exploitation with it. and it. Just, oh, okay it's just kind of like uh, just seems the like, wrong
2: way. yeah well I, i've seen this movie as well um it just keeps it just seems like it's in there for shock value and yeah. nothing like there's no other mm. which is like my biggest pet peeve is to throw something in the movie for shock value that really doesn't have any merit other than anything to just like push the envelope and be edgy, be edgy. and be like yeah like i understand wanting to make me feel uncomfortable as a viewer but like it has to make sense and some sort of Way and this and this one doesn't particularly do that. So no,
1: now this one I wouldn't recommend. Like I'd say the kills are awesome. That's about it. Yeah. And but yeah, like I I just thought I'd bring this one up just to bring that just kind of because I haven't heard many people talk about this one. So I just thought I'd bring it up. Um, awesome. But yeah, that's the end of our uh watch list, which was very extended, which I loved
0: absolutely so we'll sorry get into, no, no not that's, at good. All. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that's good. awesome we need to have you know expand and you know have culture after well, i talked gonna, about santa slay especially
1: because uh our next episode we will not be doing any what we've been watching no
0: you're just going to hear about our awards um yep. so we we will break into. do movie. i get
1: one <laughs> best guest award <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, and then Sorry, we have best duo guest that we give to horror for dummies we have yes. two awards for that everybody gets a medal yep everyone uh, gets
1: everyone wins
0: we're very millennial that way <laughs> so what we've been listening to i can see there's multiple podcasts here so i will not give mine in just the instant in sake of time i don't know who Ooh. wrote what oh um, i can
2: speed through mine pretty quick so it's not okay a yeah
0: um so but more a- so just
2: plugs of things i
0: like oh please plug please please go ahead and i'll just save mine for the next time anyway it's fine okay um but weekly spooky yes
2: weekly spooky that's me uh weekly spooky was started by Henrik kudo who is a wonderful independent filmmaker based out of ohio he's done comedies westerns like love stories and horror he's kind of done it all um on basically a shoestring budget but he's surrounded himself by some pretty cool People and actors. So his movies are always have a certain charm to them. But he started this podcast where he it's kind of like No Sleep. He reads stories and then adds in sound effects and reads all the characters, and they're in about 45 minutes long. Uh, but I had got recently gotten behind on the episode. So I just basically marathoned them from like October. And he's got like lots of the independent writer stories on there. And um, it's just a fun little like, hey, you want to listen to a little short story? And he puts a. Uh, you know he does the voices and makes it theatrical Ooh. and it's just really cool for like I an like independent that. small one uh yeah but weekly spooky is super fun
0: where can you, you find know,
2: it uh you can find it on spotify itunes um at weekly i believe as well awesome so is it on pod,
0: podcast attic
2: uh i'm not sure i know okay. it's on stitcher and oh, okay. podcatcher and it's just about everywhere so he's pretty savvy with all that
0: awesome well we'll include in the show notes or scott will, cause yeah. that's his job yep. um links to the podcast so <laughs> we will yeah. include that
2: and then uh the next one is supernatural with ashley flowers and uh i'm not like a true crime person but this is technically a true crime podcast but the catch on it is like they all have a supernatural element to it like something really weird like they do an episode on like the donner pass they do an episode about the malaysian air flight that went missing so like it goes through and like mm. basically debunks all the like actual theories and then goes through and is like well what else is left is it supernatural is it not supernatural i don't know but nonetheless it's just super interesting stories about like some pretty cool shit so it's almost like a weird history lesson of cool shit you probably never heard of so highly that recommend. sounds cool yeah, and same
0: so areas that we can find at spotify stitcher yep. spotify
2: LinkedIn. stitcher uh that is a um is it a gimlet i think it's gimlet radio maybe uh, it's the same girl that does uh true crime uh, oh. so yeah she's a great podcasting host it's just it's just interesting i, I really find it really interesting it's fun hmm. and then uh the last one i'll talk about is one called gaslight and it is a short podcast it's like eight episodes or like 20 minutes a piece and it's just a story uh it stars chloe grace moretz in it oh wow oh. she's the main character Uh, And it's about her disappearing from her family and her friends, and then reappearing a few years later. uh, And you slowly find out that she had gotten taken into a cult, and she's like reconnecting with her best friend. And like the story develops that way as she's like discussing with best friend. Very, very cool. Very short. Just a cool story. Great production value. You could literally listen to it all in one day. So Gaslight is really rad. Check it out. It's everywhere as well. I love the name. It sounds
0: like it represents the podcast. It does actually. It does.
2: It does. It's really that's clever. Yeah, that's
0: that's really clever. Well, thank you for bringing these. Um, These are different and we haven't heard of them. So we love to spread the love to other podcasts. So thank you so much. So I guess the last one is yours, Scott.
1: Yes, it is. Oh, excellent. Uh, Yep. This is uh, one that I had to bring up because I've been thinking about it for a while, but I've been holding off because they hadn't released an episode in quite some time. And all of a sudden they have come back with a vengeance and like (laughs) have been dropping episodes every couple of weeks. And that is. The Hail Ming Power Hour with uh fellow Legion there are fellow Legion Pod uh Legion Network podcasts. Um have, the main hosts are Ricky Morgan and Danny Bennett. And Ricky Morgan is just all over the place, has so many different podcasts that he's worked under. Uh was we'll he under my wheels, uh I'd say like five others. Uh short bus cinema. <laughs> And the <laughs> Hailming ming Power Hour was like his main one that he did with Danny Bennett. And they pretty much just cover almost all sorts of just like different genres. Uh, they've covered Cube. They've covered Hail ming Love that movie. They've uh Cube's or- a Canadian film. Yes, it was. I know. Uh, and I meant to say uh, that <laughs> so was like, oh, uh, you don't need
0: to tell me, Heather. <laughs> I don't bring up fucking as Slay, and sleigh, OK? <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Oh, you're funny. all
1: right. But yeah, I didn't mean to say uh, Hail Ming. I meant to say uh, Flash Gordon. Oh, Flash
0: Gordon. Nice. From.
1: Uh, but yeah, they've covered like so many different films. They are funny as hell. They uh, have these little skits, like they go into a time machine and they use the time chicken. And you hear this like chicken squawking, and all of a sudden, like time machine noises,
0: and they go back <laughs> into the past great. to watch a movie. I'm <laughs> in I I it. it
2: just for the chickens, though. I'm
0: in time chicken. So Son of a bitch, I'm in.
1: And it's hilarious. I
0: probably uh, like...
2: want
1: a time chicken T-shirt
3: right
1: now. <laughs> 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 that in my life. Um, but yeah, like they just do a great job of reviewing, and they just have like some funny skits in here, like throughout it as well. And I just can't help it, but like follow the. Uh, fun fake drama between court psyop and ricky morgan because they'll like bash each other on each other's shows and like just talk shit back and forth and it's just and it just keeps escalating more and more and more and it's just hilarious because ricky doesn't ever swear and courts like foul mouthed (laughs) 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 so they're really funny oh it's they are entertaining to sell but yeah highly recommend the Ming power hour they are finally back and i am so happy to see that Nice.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, uh, Scott and Sander, for bringing in the knowledge. I uh, will save mine until the new year. Um, it's some um, friends of ours from the Legion Podcast Network as well. Oh, nice. So, um, we're going to take a brief break and we're going to hear from one of our podcasting partners in crime, and then we'll be back with our main topic. So, after these messages, we'll be right back. Gladys, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. Most effective, Your Majesty. Will you destroy this Earth? Destroy it utterly.
1: Send Rick and Denny in Wool, Rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it. That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail, Hail Ming. Ming! Wait, you see those transmissions on the visua screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud Two? Black Belt Jones? nightbreed? What's a critter? Oh, I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them.
0: The Ming Power Disobedience to Ming. For now.
1: You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At www. You know what? Just Google it for yourself.
0: Just Google it, you bastiges. Helming. Breaking Two? Electric Boogaloo?
1: Samurai Cop? Army of Darkness? Flash
3: Dance? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we might destroy the planet if we flash. Comes.
0: Welcome back everyone. Um As usual, we're going to go through five movies today um, that just reflect Christmas. So we're not going to do any academic articles on Christmas or the history of Christmas. I don't think anyone cares. I think we all know what it is. Ideally, it's about shopping, clearly. (laughs)
3: Yes.
0: (laughs) And babysitting. And uh, Amazon Prime, (laughs) which apparently is probably making billions of dollars this year, probably. Um, But uh, anyway. We, we will be going over a couple of movies, some very known and loved movies, and then a very special movie that we're going to, uh, that our guest brought in. special movie. Yeah, Xander like comes in and he's just showing Scott and I the way, and it's really yeah. like <laughs> we're learning now. So these are just movies that we felt represented Christmas or um, other things that we decided to include, and it's going to be a fun discussion. So as always, Scotty's going to take it away.
1: All right, so yes, since we are just going to be talking straight about the movies, we can just jump right into our first one, because as always, we're doing this in chronological order when they were released. So the first film on our list today is Christmas Evil from 1980, uh, originally titled You Better Watch Out, also known as Terror in Toyland. It is a 1980 American psychological slasher film written and directed by Lewis Jackson and starring Brandon McGart. And while not prosecuted for obscenity, the film was seized and confiscated in the UK under Section 3 of the Obscene Publications Act of 1959 during the video Nasty uh, Panic. Uh, The synopsis is, uh, Comical Festive Frights. A toy maker who revels in the Christmas spirit suffers a mental break when his work is met with hypocrisy and cynicism and goes on a yuletide killing spree. Um, It's a brief... Simple synopsis for this film because yeah, this is a pretty much a character study of someone who, and uh, ca- character study and a, it covers obsession and how far people will go with their obsessions, and uh, yeah, I guess for this kind of like we did when the horror for dummies was on, we'll just kind of go around and give our thoughts about it and you know see how we feel if this is like fits the Christmas theme or not, like how it represents Christmas, and. Uh yeah, Xander, so I'll toss it to you real quick.
2: Ooh, starts to me. Yeah. So this is actually the first time I had seen Christmas Evil. I haven't oh, really? uh yeah, no, I've I've I know the artwork. Um it's just kind of one of those that always slips through. And actually when it came on and it said the title screen says you better watch out, not Christmas Evil. Yep. Uh, so like I was like, wait, did I turn on you better watch out? Because that's <laughs> what we're talking about later. But I was like, No, this ain't it. Um but yeah, it's the first time I'd seen it, and I will say the main character, what is his name, Harry? Yes. Uh, does a great uh, man on the brink like, uh, you know, performance here. Like, when, I, when I was watching him, like, my brain kept going to like Joe Spinell and Maniac, like just this weird nervous kind of anxious guy and then he gets in these weird like, uh, like the creepiest thing in the movie to me was when he was humming Santa Claus coming to town at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And he's just like rocking back and forth and like going fucking mad, <laughs> like essentially doing it. Uh, But like, it's, it's, he does a really great job of, of, of selling the crazy. And there's a lot of really cool, like, small notes in here that I really liked. Like, uh, I thought it was hilarious when he got stuck in the chimney. (laughs) Like he was really stressing the fuck out. Um, And the whole, like, at the point there, he's going around killing people and doing all the things, but he's like, it seems like he comes from a place of like genuine care. Yes. Then he just takes it too far every single time um and it's just I think it's just super fun and you know he runs a or is a manager at a toy factory and that comes into play within the story and when he decides to become Santa and deliver uh, gifts to the kids which was kind of a weird thing like he obsesses over these kids at the beginning of the film Mm -hmm. notating whether they're naughty or nice and you don't really if I mean I wasn't really familiar I heard the film but I wasn't familiar with it I was like okay where the fuck does this movie go (laughs)
3: <laughs> I like,
1: think that's pretty much the message that Heather sent me like what the fuck are we watching yeah like this is going to
2: get really fucking intense and uncomfortable and I see maybe this is why I've never seen this movie like you know what I mean uh, but all in all like I enjoyed that character a lot I, um, I, I think he sells the whole movie and once again like we were talking about Wes Bentley earlier I think without him I don't think we have much of a movie um, I absolutely love the ending um, and I think it, at, there's one really interesting scene Uh, Because he kind of becomes Santa, and then there's a like a standoff between parents and kids. Yes, I I love that aspect of the scene because you know it's playing like how much you talk up Santa and how he's going to bring you good things, and then like all that talk of how positive and good he is in the movie, the kids believe in it. It just comes like to fruition, and it it offers a really 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 cool scene. Uh, And I actually enjoyed this way more than I thought I was going to, so.
1: That is awesome. I I had no idea this would be your first time watch, so that just makes me excited, because I know this is (laughs) Heather's first time watch as well.
0: And that's not surprising. Standard (laughs) first time watch is surprising. Me, it's like, oh, yeah, of course.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, let's get your thoughts on this, Heather
0: um you know the only thing that really throws me off in these movies is they always need to include some kind of sexual trauma that's not really a trauma i i at the beginning he sees his dad but he doesn't know it's his dad dressed as santa
2: yeah hanging out down his mother's leg yes staring (laughs) at the dum-dum box
0: yeah like but that's all he does yeah he just rubs his leg Like, I'd be like, "Uh, dude, you're going to fucking do something? Like, I don't have...
2: It's weird. Like, you're looking through, like, her nightgown and presumably has other things. Like, you're just literally staring at her nightgown, rubbing her leg.
0: And she has, like, obviously the very sexy um, leggings that you would put on to wear, like, a corset or something. And I just find this weird that they seem to do this thing in the 80s, early 80s or late 70s, where they just had to throw weird sex shit in there. That somehow the trauma of him seeing his dad, not knowing it was his dad... Just as Santa and Santa engaging in what could be seen as naughty behavior—that yeah. in quotations because this is audio—that threw me off at the beginning. I just I yeah. felt like that was throwaway and wasn't an <clears throat> needed for the story. Well, I,
2: I, I will say like a lot of these. So in this particular era, when you're talking about like uh, you know mid '70s through like you know mid mid to late '80s, there was a a huge bonus to making a horror movie that you could play on like the Forty Second Street circuit like where they played all the sleazy exploitation stuff and like a lot of these horror movies knew that if they could get like some like some sort of sexual like Mm. you were just saying in there to make it a little more edgy a little more like palatable for the crew that would come hang out at these theaters down on 42nd street and wherever else in new york where you know the sleazy stuff went on and when sleazy stuff went on there and if word um you know if uh word of mouth had caught on like people would come see this movie so there's a lot of movies you know horror movies specifically within that kind of era that just kind of do that and that's kind of the point because we'll eventually get to silent night deadly night and that was a thing that was also playing in that era of um yep. four movies but yeah that, that's my uh educated guess of why well that's a very
0: good uh, educated so, guess it makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah. Right. Distribution. Right. If I can yeah. get my my film in more places, I can make money because because right? th-
2: those theaters were hot back then. I mean, yeah. that was there. You know, that was that was easy money. People were making movies for next to nothing and, you know, quadrupling what they made over yeah. and over again. So
0: absolutely. And it's what we want to see. Right. Like we got to remember our human brains do enjoy to some point, which is why we have the existence of pornography right it's is we like to see this stuff but back a, to the a, christmas like ever
2: since we've been able to hold a camera we've had that so
0: absolutely yeah. right yeah. we should do another episode on that um that'd be an interesting uh friday nightmares <laughs> um just just looking at that no looking at the sex exploitation yeah, the, horror yeah. films right oh, he, like it's yeah. it's definitely not porn we could do that too but like uh, yeah. it's still the the same um horror porn so we could find all those on pornhub yeah. um <laughs> (laughs) or other places um but I really did feel like they did represent Christmas well the Christmas trees him being a toy maker I thought was really you know and being so much like oh the children and the children and you would think he's going to be this creep and he really isn't he's just this man that really believes in this Christmas spirit and other people kind of put him down and are not kind to him and yeah,
1: like even his older or his younger brother Like, just like so sick of how he's acting and resentful. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. I I really I just that opening scene, I felt like which what you're saying makes sense. It just in time to the rest like that opening scene could have been completely changed and it wouldn't change right. the rest of it the story. For me. The movie.
3: Yeah.
0: Right? Like he he was just really passionate about Santa and kind of almost felt like the Christmas spirit had been lost. This yeah. was almost mm-hmm. a movie of like losing the Christmas spirit, but no, you didn't. I'm gonna hack all you motherfuckers up. And I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. paint my
2: van with a sled on it.
0: Yeah. Um really, really you brought you bought into Harry. I really think he did a really good job of just yeah. kind of being this sweet man who believed in christmas and everything was christmas like there were christmas decorations everywhere yeah like his
1: whole house was decked out christmas and i bet and i don't think it was just for the christmas time i bet his house is decked out like that all year round right
2: yeah
0: maybe because
2: the the first scene you see him is him at home on thanksgiving day so this movie Mm -hmm. essentially takes place from thanksgiving day all the way to christmas
0: yeah, it covers about a month, right? Yeah, um, which is really, which is really interesting. And what I really appreciate about this movie is it was very dialogue heavy, and I felt like I really got to know Harry. I really got to understand his brother's frustration with him, the the kids liking him, and that showdown. I agree with you, Sander, between the kids with Santa. And I never thought the kids were at risk. No, I didn't no. think he, he never, was ever going to hurt them. Him. And but that's saw that from the beginning, like because he right? care. You think he's genuinely care. Right? It, but the adult, so you could tell he was just done with. And that fucking dick at the fac- <laughs> factory that gets him to work for him and oh, yeah. he's in the oh, yeah. making fun of him. What an asshole. Yeah.
2: Everybody um, at that factory was an asshole, though.
0: They were, right?
2: That's what drives his hate,
0: question mark? Oh, yep. no. Yeah. <laughs> or Or anger. I just felt like this could have been you take out the gore and you take out, like, obviously murder and shit. I'm like, this could have been a fucking Christmas story. Like, this yeah. could have been, like, remembering the true meaning of christmas well depending on what you believe um yeah i'm, I'm glad you chose this one scott like i really yeah, do think sure. it represented Who christmas knows. yeah because
1: this is the one um because yeah i had watched this once again this was one that i was introduced to when i was on the horror drunks because we did this for our christmas episode and randall had chosen it and i watched it back then and went holy crap this is really just a really good movie like and it is like it does represent Christmas. And like it had been a couple of years and I'd rewatched it and I remember enjoying it and I think it's about five years since the last time I had seen it, rewatched it again. It is a bit slow. I will have to give everybody a warning there. It is a very nah, slow. Yeah, but that's the
0: eighties. Yeah. I'll say it's slow paced and there's film.
1: but there's a reason for it for this film.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you do you get a, you get a few little hints on this character that are like, okay, this guy, what's up here? I think they keep you interested just enough yeah. to be willing to sit through it all.
1: Yeah, cuz it's like it's it's purposely just slow cuz it's uh all about character development with Harry and just watching what he goes through and giving you an understanding of what he who he is as a character and like just pretty much watching his descent into mm-hmm. mental breakdown. Yeah. And but yeah, I completely agree with you guys like he would not harm a ch- not a single living child. He would put them on naughty lists, but he wouldn't do anything. He would just not get them a gift. Right. Like, yeah. And and but like it does give you that creep factor though in the beginning, because you are seeing him just kind of like creepily watching kids with binoculars through like on his balcony, and just like <laughs> right. watching them in their home and you're going, What <laughs> well, the no, fuck? No, 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 is no, no, like you're it's like, a good hey, girl.
2: Yeah. You're a good girl, Elizabeth. Moss yeah. looking at penthouse. But
0: we're figure. also watching it with 2020 20 eyes, right? Yes, right? I think if we were watching this back in the 80s, we wouldn't have even gone there or maybe we would have. I don't know. I wasn't old yeah. enough in the 80s to really comment. I was born in 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> um I just I think it's it, it, yeah, but it does come across as he's like borderline creepy and you realize he's not. But yeah, it was it was I, I was I didn't understand it at first when I first started watching it as it, we went through it, I was like, okay, I get why Scott chose this. Yes, it is not a typical slasher. I don't. I no. think we should remove, like, I think they should remove slasher, because I don't think this is a slasher.
1: Um, yeah, not at all. Like, no. uh, and even the cover is very, uh, like, the cover to it is kind of misleading in a way. Yeah. It is,
2: actually. It is.
1: Because it almost reminds me of what our next movie is, yeah. more than mm-hmm. what that movie <laughs> itself was. Mm-hmm. Oh. And the, the last
2: thing I will say about Christmas Evil is um the, the music also follows the weird moments within the movie. So, like, yes. they do this really cool thing where, like, you have Christmas music, right? And you have the, the, the iconic notes of, you know, I can't remember, like, Santa Claus is coming to town or whatever. And then they'll go to, like, a little heavier, darker scene, and it's the same notes from that song but they like drop it down a key. So it's like very doom sounding.
1: Yes. Um, Which was really
2: cool touch. I, I thought that was a really great touch.
1: So. Yeah. And the, and the song was Santa's watching Santa's. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. They played it over and over again. It got stuck in my head the rest of the day after <laughs> I'd watch it that day. Scott's <laughs> walk
0: around the office. Santa's watching. Santa's <laughs> waiting.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad you guys dug this movie because yeah, yeah, if yeah, you watching great. it, I'm still it's still like uh, right up there as a christmas horror film uh so we can jump into the next one and um i'm, I'm sure Xander has seen this one <laughs> um but this is silent night deadly night from 1984 it is a 1984 american slasher film directed by charles e sellier jr and starring robert brian wilson lillian chauvin gilmer mccormick tony nero linnea quigley brit leach and leo Geeter. The film was released by TriStar Pictures on November 9th, 1984, where it received substantial controversy over its promotional material and content, which featured a killer Santa Claus. In addition to receiving negative reviews, it was pulled from theaters a week after its release. However, it was such a success during its opening week, it ended up grossing $2.5 million on a budget of $750,000. Uh, Since its release, it has developed a cult following and spawned a series consisting of four sequels with the fourth and fifth installments having no connection to the original film, as well as a loose remake in 2012. The story concerns a young man named Billy who suffers from post-traumatic stress over witnessing his parents murdered on Christmas Eve by a man disguised as Santa Claus and his subsequent upbringing in an abusive Catholic orphanage. In adulthood, the Christmas holiday leads him into a psychological breakdown and he emerges as a spree killer donning a Santa suit. So um since Heather is the this is a first time watch for you, I want to get your thoughts.
0: Yeah, um I was sad through 90% of this film. <laughs> I Bill. um. Yeah, yeah, honestly, I I had saved it to this year. This was my first um, time. Congratulations, <laughs> thanks guys. I am really nervous, <laughs> but you know I made it work. Um, wow, I the opening scene or the opening I shouldn't say the opening scene. It's the like opening, the opening ten minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. 10, 10, yeah. It really gets to you. Um, yeah, I, I the only beef I had was with the uh, the killer, the guy. Like he went from robbing a store to. Committing homicide and almost rape, in I, I just felt like that was a very dramatic step to take. Well, he could uh, have in the convenience store too. Yeah, and I didn't think that was necessary either. Like he was yeah. just going in to rob him. And I just think that he probably would have got the money and fled um or run away when the gun was there like it just seemed a little dramatic to me but you know what you need that for the story so i can forgive yeah. it like it really isn't that big of a deal i do think the family atmosphere is great the meeting with the grand- creepy grandfather as, as, as
1: fuck right
2: <laughs> um
0: and i don't know what his ailment was uh but it was, it was just interest. catatonic from what just I, catatonic. Catatonic. I do have to
1: bring up in that scene what a wonderful father uh father though they go to visit grandpa they, you know, end up leaving poor Billy alone with the catatonic <laughs> grandfather. No, right. And he hasn't spoken years. You'll be fine. Yeah, just, yeah. just sit here. We'll be right back. We got to sign some paperwork. They come back and they're going, okay, it was nice visiting you, grandpa. They
0: were there for like 10 minutes. like, oh, see you later. We just drove hours wow. here. It was right. like
2: a four-hour drive to be there for 10 minutes. <laughs> to
0: sign some paperwork in the 1984s. Well, they didn't have faxes then, I guess. <laughs> right. They weren't working as <laughs> well, and you couldn't email. But like, of course, his grandfather doesn't turn to him. He's like, oh, Billy, how are you? He's like, you're going to die. <laughs> 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 um but I felt like that opening scene really did set the tone and when he's in the orphanage, oh my god, the, the little kid that they had play him looked like he was going to be an asshole mm-hmm. but he wasn't. Right. He was like the sweetest child. He was broken. Yeah. He and broken. and when he's and of course now that makes sense when you talked about that couple having sex I'm like who are they? Like, is she a nun that works there? And she's just, (laughs) like, forsaking her vows now and is banging this dude? Like, who are these people having sex in the, like, the convent or the orphanage? Um, But now, what you discussed earlier, that makes a lot of sense. It would have got the film to play in different areas, right? Um, And there is
1: a lot of uh, sleaze sex style stuff in this film. Yeah, it's very sleazy.
0: Absolutely. And I guess, you know, you look at sin, right? Like mm-hmm. there is also that, you know, sin, naughty. In, naughty. Um, and then like this fucking bitch makes him sit on Santa Claus lap. Yeah.
3: What person? Yeah. what She, she knows sucks.
2: Mother after, Superior, go to hell.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mother Superior, after she knows exactly what happened to Billy's parents, like, this is a good idea.
0: And It's going to be a tough time. Time. This is so long ago because that shit never would fly in twenty twenty ever, right? Like it's just, or I don't think it would have flown in the flew in the nineties either. But it was it was a great tie in (laughs) to kind of just reinforce. So I thought, and he's also really grateful when he gets his Christmas present. You know, this kid gets locked up in his bedroom, and he comes down, and they each get one Christmas present, and like he's the sweetest little kid. And what I really appreciate about this film, and I feel like Sleepaway Camp did this well too. There may be an antagonist. It's an antagonist, but you don't really feel like they're an antagonist because you're kind of, yeah. you get it. Yeah, you're everything like, you know that what?
2: they've been through. Yeah, I'd literally. be probably
0: fucked up too.
2: So I think there's like a, was it a four four year gap between the incident on the road and before he's at the, so the orphanage for, yeah. for roughly four years? And I think they really sell the idea that he's been kind of isolated. Like he doesn't, yeah. talk, he's not like the other kids, but he's not a bad kid. He just doesn't do no. what they want him to do. So your heart really kind of breaks for him because like, yeah. It's like she
0: wants him to be normal. And there's a a kind of a throwaway line where the one sister says to the Mother Superior, you know he's just bad around Christmas time. Like, obviously. Because of the trauma he experienced, right? And she's like, he will sit on Santa Claus's lap. I'm like, you watch. She would be fine. (laughs) Right? (laughs) My ways will work. (laughs) Um, The one scene I did laugh out loud at is when, you know, I guess it's like 15 years later or 10 years later, whatever. She goes to the store to get him a job right um one of the sisters a sister that he seems to get along with and he's like, oh, I don't want anyone. I need someone super strong. And then, like, Billy comes in the scene, and Billy's been hitting the fucking gym and, you know, eating his protein and shit because he's fucking ripped.
2: Yeah, he's he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's all of a sudden blonde hair and blue eyes, right? right he's,
0: like, super smoking hot. I'm like, <laughs> and, where did they get? And before he
2: had, like, red hair and freckles. Right. When he was and
1: the, it's, and it's funny because they even, uh like, she was even, he was like, ah, I don't need no 16-year-old boy here. And then Billy comes out, and you're going, that boy is not sixteen.
0: <laughs> no, I, or, I think she said eighteen. Did she say well, eighteen? Or no, he's, 16? he turns eight. He's eighteen About by the time everything oh, okay. happens. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, like, like they have the montage of him working away and the music in the background, and <laughs> he's drinking milk. Like they offer him booze, and he's like, "No, no, I got my milk." Like it's just, I thought that was really cute. I'll be honest, that endeared <laughs> me to him even more. <laughs> Like, you just feel so bad for this kid, and you're like, okay, finally, he's somewhere where he can, like, make friends, and he's making friends with that girl, and you can tell he likes her, but he's so fucked up from what Mother Superior told him about sex that, um, and then, you know, it changes. He snaps, and they get him to become Santa. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say, they force him to wear a fucking Santa suit, and just... Instant trauma right there.
0: <laughs> and I can't remember, what was the incident that pushed him over? Was it watching her be sexually assaulted?
2: Yes. By the shitty dude yeah. in the bathroom. that was yeah, that's what made him, because it. they do a flashback scene of, of what had happened when he was right. a child. Yeah, watching flashback. what happened
1: to his mother.
0: I just wasn't so sure if I missed something imagined, else. No, he's
2: imagining Santa on top of his mother right. when he's on top of the other girl. So that's that's the snap.
0: And he just, like, at first you think she, he's just gonna fucking off the dude. And you're like, fuck yeah, right? Like, and then you realize that's not the case. <laughs> now, well, she starts
1: freaking out and like yes. saying like, how dare you? And just like, ins- like just kind of like just trying to shame him for doing protecting her. Yeah.
0: Well, I think she was shocked that, she- in all fairness, yeah. he just murdered someone right. in front of her. I right, would probably be upset too. I-, I think I would probably just win. Like. <sighs>
1: Thank you. Oh, shit, I, I'm so, going to
0: just leave now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you, I think the guys, her reaction was more re- re- reality of how someone would probably Do you know go. if
2: you guys watched a version that had all the scenes edited back in that was yep. cut previously? Okay.
1: Yeah, because you can tell like, it has like, a VHS yes. look when they yeah. added them back in. Because this movie has like,
2: one of the most iconic kills in like, slasher history. Antlers. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and the antler kill, yeah. And it's
2: fantastic, and part of that scene was cut out from the first uh you know the original release like uh, that was much more gruesome with these versions that um anchor bay released a dual dvd set uh with silent uh silent daylight night it's on 2 and then the scream factory release that just recently came out like a year or so ago has it all edited back in and polished back up so yeah because uh, I, I highly recommend seeking those if you want dvd seek out the anchor bay version uh or blu-ray out-
1: definitely check out yeah or, or the blue
2: yeah so if you want to see it, that, that to me, those are the ones you have to watch.
1: Yeah, because I think you watched this on Plex, Heather? I did, yes. Yep, so you get to see the exact same thing because you yeah. and I watched the boat, same one.
0: Um and and yeah like his his downfall you know the kills are great I, I I did enjoy how okay my favorite scene um is when they're driving to the orphanage and the cop shot Santa but it was the oh, wrong yeah. Santa it was the and father like, why didn't he <laughs> say anything the father is deaf that. and mute like I thought that was the fa- or no he was just deaf so he couldn't hear you know, him calling out his name. I thought that was the best throw-in line to, like, justify the shooting. So in this movie,
2: there's no, like, like there's no holding back on, like, calling out special needs because they say that about him. And then also the school of children is the school of retarded children. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: 1984 at its finest, right? Yeah. Um,
1: and the cops, right? and I did, I did, like, that scene you were talking about, Heather, where they shot the other Santa. Like, to do like they're like all right let's traumatize some more children and shoot <laughs> santa in front of all these kids <laughs> It's like
0: oh my kids, god watch this <laughs> right it's wild um, and oh. I, of course when he shows up where the antler kill is at the house and the, and the two are having That's sex right. on the billiard table and the whole time watching that I used to play a lot of billiards or pool or whatever and I was like that would be so uncomfortable yeah like it looks hot that wouldn't be hot you'd be like scratchy and you'd be like yeah you'd be getting well, burns no, it, all it,
1: over that felt carpet uh, felt material <laughs> it feels hot but it doesn't feel hot
2: like that's
0: right, like, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but it definitely gives a christmas vibe like hands Absolutely. down and the sled scene i finally saw the sled scene um <laughs> i just feel like this movie had some awesome kills and scenes put in that were so christmasy and of course he's wearing like a santa suit and mm-hmm. the whole you know mall or store thing like it was just really good i don't know what else you guys want to add i've said all like uh, no
2: like i agree with everything like you know it's great uh it's you know it's sleazy and that which is like this is like the first sleazy Christmas movie I ever saw. Like, yeah. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> uh but it's great. It holds up still. Um, I actually like most of the sequels. Uh second one I don't care for as much, but then three, Fun. four, and five are good. In I, my I opinion, like the in I like the half ways.
1: hour of new footage you get from part two. Right. <laughs> Garbage day. It's just so stupid and dumb, <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. just oh my god, it's such but, bad acting absolutely oh yeah like
2: this is required i think this is required like holiday viewing if you haven't seen it like it just really is and i mean even if you don't like it i think it it, it holds a placeholder in uh holiday horror
1: yes so. absolutely because um and the one thing i got i we didn't really i mean we talked about it but i just gotta say i think it's just really unique that you kind of watch billy as a child growing up and just the continuous trauma that he's put through but like right. you don't see that in a lot of horror films watching like a child become an adult and i think that was kind of a really neat take for especially the slasher because it does not feel like a slasher for like the first half of the film and then the last half of the film kicks in and you're going all right this is where it becomes like the full-blown slasher film yep found it yep and it's just yep fantastic and yeah like i agree it covers christmas darkly but it covers christmas (laughs) and has a christmas representation to it um But speaking of representation of Christmas, let's jump into Xander's pick and Uh, see what we have thoughts on this one.
2: um, Uh,
1: Yeah, we'll do the uh, I'll try to read this and see if I can pronounce everybody's names without butchering them. (laughs) We got the movie is El Dia de la Bestia from 1995, also known as The Day of the Beast. It is a 95 Spanish black comedy horror film co-written and directed by Alex de la Iglesia starring Alex Angulo, Armando de Raza, and Santiago Segura. Both Mario Grazia Cusinoda and El Gran Wyoming have small roles in in the film as well. The film was well received by critics and audiences in its country and sparked interest in de la Iglesia's filmography and style of directing. Uh, a brief synopsis that i could find online cuz like it's very very short but a yeah. heavy metal fan and a psychic help a priest seek the infant antichrist in madrid and madrid at christmas day Ooh, boy. Um, Oh boy um so we had some issues with this one uh, cuz <laughs> heather was not able to find a copy that actually had subtitles. No. She got to visually watch it, and yeah. I think but I might have learned enough. Italian. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm fluent now.
1: Yeah, so I'm uh, Xander. This was your pick, so I, absolutely. Uh, see what f- your thoughts. Full disclosure: Alex
2: de la Iglesia is one of my favorite directors of all time. This dude is a incredible filmmaker. Uh, he's and all of his quirks are in this, and they get better when you get into his later films. He directed um, the Last Circus, uh, the Bar, uh, Witching and Bitching. Uh, he has this really. Oh, that cool... was his film. Yeah, those are all his oh, films. Oh, I
1: love that movie. Yeah,
2: so those are all his films, uh, and he has this like really great ability to like insert like odd humor at the most like uh, inconvenient times, right? Uh, But he also has a great eye for the camera and whatnot. But this film is, is basically a priest finds out, he deciphers a code and he realizes that the devil or the beast, which is also the devil is going to come up on Christmas Eve. And he's trying to convince people around him that I need your help to find out where he's going to spawn so we can kill him. And the priest is like, the only way I can make this happen is if I like accept evil. So this God-fearing man decides to be evil and basically be an asshole the whole movie and hurt people and stab people and steal things and refuse to pay. Like just be like kind of a shitty person but the way he does it he's like so meek and like he's the meek mannered like priest that you would expect like he's very soft spoken. He's like yeah, he's oh, no. so
1: he's just trying so hard to sin. He's like I'm not going to pay for that.
2: <laughs> like okay and he, bef- he befriends like this uh really i love this relation the relationships in this movie to me are fantastic he like befriends a dude in a metal shop yes and like they get this idea that music is going to like summon the beast and summon satan so he's looking for like records and to play them backwards so they can help summon satan so that he can kill satan and save the world and it's, like, this weird, quirky friendship and how they chase it. And, like, it, the 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 priest is so genuine about, like, oh, I got to do this shitty thing. Save the world. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's very comical. But then it, it's slow going and building. Mm-hmm. But it's he keeps you constantly interested. This film doesn't particularly scream Christmas at all. Um, <laughs> no. With the exception of one scene. And it happens on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. That's the whole
1: thing. Yeah, because I think the one scene that I can remember was... Uh... When they run through someone else's apartment and the little girl is thinking that 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 it's Santa Claus and they're right. wa- she's watching the like a commercial on TV with Santa in it.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah.
2: So this the whole movie. Just uh, plays one of out. the
0: stores has Christmas decorations in the window. When you don't understand what's going on, there's no subtitles. You really pay attention <laughs> to the background. And I would like to mention there was some excellent Christmas decorating that occurred in this film.
1: Yeah. So it, okay, it, it, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah. So
2: you just that's
0: because you were too deal. busy reading the subtitles. <laughs>
1: So true. You could do
2: both, Heather. It's not that far.
0: <laughs> um, did you yeah, notice you... the Christmas decoration sander? No, uh, I did. <laughs> um,
2: so it's just this, like, it's just this is kind of aloof group of people, and they eventually like befriend like a TV psychic that is full of shit, and which is then, awesome. That's an awesome then, scene. And then he realizes, oh shit, this crazy priest might actually be talking about something. And they, you know, they wind up doing acid with virgin blood, and <laughs> yes, like it's it so fucking weird but it stays funny. Uh, it's highly entertaining. And I cannot like praise this movie enough. I, I, Alex de la Iglesia, to me is a fucking genius. Um, and I, 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 would lo- I can't wait to hear what Old Smoke Show thinks here and get Heather's interpretation without words. Uh, it, but I will say it doesn't feel all that Christmassy. And it kind of is a little horror light, even though it picks up stronger in the end. Uh, it's more of like a a, just a weird story black comedy that has eventually gets to horror but that's only in the last like 15 but
1: great film um heather do you want to go next or you want me to go next um you go i'll save the best for last all right uh so yeah i'm pretty much right there with you xander this uh, especially the relationship between the metal metal dude and the priest it's (laughs) like they build such a good like bond with each other in chemistry the friendship is there um like you even get to like just chill there like when he's chilling with his mother and uh his (laughs) naked grandfather is just walking around the house all the time (laughs) (laughs) like you see his you see him give his naked grandfather like a like metal dude uh, give his naked grandfather acid just because he's just old and doesn't care anymore and he's
2: <laughs> like it helps him get through the day it's fine
1: yeah. <laughs> um it's like just some of the lo- like this is the part that saddens me that heather couldn't watch it with subtitles because the dialogue is freaking hilarious in it's some awesome. of these scenes but man it is such a bizarre film like i i didn't realize that i forgot iglesia did uh witching and bitching because that movie was just so Top entertaining notch. and so yeah. makes sense now like thinking, i'm mm-hmm. like oh yeah these movies are perfect together right um, but yeah, that's, <laughs> I just had a blast with this The, uh, It was frustrating. I will have to admit trying to watch it on Tubi because unfortunately my roommate was downloading something the entire time while he was gone and it sucked up my internet. So the hour so and 40 good. minute movie took me about two hours and 20 minutes to get through. Ooh. Yeah. Cause it just kept buffering and just like, I was what like, was All he right, downloading? I'm downloading. He was a uh, cyberpunk.
0: Oh, okay. Uh... So,
1: massive game. <laughs> Yeah, wow. And uh, yeah, like it was just sucking up the internet. But man, that it it was a chore because especially the commercials just like took yeah. forever to get through like onto because of that. But, you know, I can't say that's not against the film because the film mm-hmm. had some slow parts, but at the same time kept you invested. Um, and like, each character they introduced was entertaining and unique in their own right. right. And you when you get all three, the psychic, the metalhead and the priest together, like it's just the comedy yeah. from that is great and like their interactions between each other and... the casting always
2: the casting is always great in his films like yeah. the characters that he the actors that he puts in place are next level which is one of the reasons why he's one of my favorite like i literally absolutely i will watch anything this guy ever makes hands down
1: yeah i am i'm going to be looking back some for some of his other filmography now like that i have not oh, yeah. seen yeah um, the
2: bar is on netflix and the last circus is i don't know oh, where it is now it was yeah somewhere. i have seen the
1: last circus too because i completely forgot that's why i watched witching and bitching because i seen last circus yeah. and i found out oh this guy did that okay same guy yeah so I, okay so i've seen three of his movies now Yay, yeah he's, look got at me go. he's got many more got many more um but yeah then i do love that third act where the the horror does start to ramp up and you get like the uh Silly looking uh, CGI goat <laughs> demon walking black, around at the yeah. end. <laughs> Basically, Black
2: Phillip and circa 1995.
1: Yeah, but if, if, I remember, awesome. if I'm remembering correctly, it had like a flopping penis too. But <laughs> 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 oh, but yeah, this, this was just a all around fun film. Yeah, it mentions Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Yeah, like you just, see some like some, yeah, some Christmas
0: decorations. Yeah, say
1: in some Christmas decorations. It definitely is the, probably the, when it comes to the Christmas feelings, the least Christmas feeling, which one is strange of all we, our films.
2: because as soon as it starts off, like the thing says on Christmas Eve blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. it starts off at me like, Oh, we're going to be like Christmas. Heaven. And it's like, no, not at all.
1: Yep, exactly. <laughs> but like this, this film though is, I recommend it. It's just, <laughs> it was a lot of fun and it was highly entertaining. <laughs> and uh, now I want to get Heather's uh, visual interpretation of the film. <laughs>
0: Well, first of all, this isn't very much a Christmas film, and I think you're wrong. Ooh. Because this is about Christ, the Antichrist, and the Jesus is the reason for the season. Fair enough. Valid point. So you know what? Santa is not always Christmas, guys. <laughs> fair point. I actually like this movie. I liked it more than Castle Freak. And I, it was in a different language. Um, because I thought, even, even with watching it, and not verbally understanding it. What I what I did go back and do is I read the Wikipedia pot summary. Okay, and that helped a lot because I was able to look back to scenes and like I have a pretty good memory that if I watch something that I read something afterwards, I can try to match it up. And I'm like, this would have been funny with the subtitles because it's <laughs> there was it's parts really I even hilarious. laughed without. Knowing what was going on because there was just funny shit that was happening on the screen, like yeah. know, like the drugs and the grandfather and like the, the the goat. Like there was just shit that was funny that you didn't need the translation or even the TV psychic and his like stupid commercials. Like,
2: and that's great filmmaking.
0: Exactly, and that shows you what you can do with the language barrier. Right, that I could still read expressions, I could still understand what, you know, I didn't get the full plot, obviously, um, and the, but when I read it, I could look back and go, oh, okay, that's what that meant. Okay, that's what they meant. That's what they were doing. Um, so is this Christmas like done up like what we expect in North American Christmas? No, but maybe this is representative of what Christmas is like in other parts of the world. Maybe they don't over dress up shit this everywhere. Is very true. Yeah, and maybe that's how it is, is. And really, when you're talking about, you know, depending what you believe, um, Christmas was, was supposed to be the birth of Christ. So if we're looking at the birth of the Antichrist, that's pretty connective to it. So I hope to one day find the subtitled version in Canada. Because, it is
2: available on Blu-ray. So.
0: so I could buy it. I don't know if I'm I'll that in it. love with it. Well, uh, um, we could
1: see if our good, I, uh, I, uh, good friend could get it on his Plex for you.
0: If someone owns it and could upload it for me on their Plex, that would yeah. be great. Yeah, so I could watch it. Um, or you could just
1: buy and support it,
2: Heather. I don't see the fucking problem here.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, Sander. I'm um. I'm a bad person. And I'm gonna. Roxy, uh, you actually,
1: pissed off Roxy. She
0: I know <laughs> Roxy's like, I'm not down with this illegal shit.
1: <laughs> and actually, and Heather, I recommend if you can do it, also find Witching and Bitching and Last Circus because look, I'm gonna are... have to buy
0: all this shit now, so Sandra doesn't judge me. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bar
2: is on Netflix.
0: <laughs> oh, Hopefully, no, it's on go. Canadian Netflix. Hopefully, it's on. Hey, probably
2: fucking not. Who knows.
0: Who knows, right? We don't get all the movies. I get it. You guys
2: don't deserve Alex De La Iglesias. It's fun.
0: (laughs) That's true. We haven't earned it yet. (laughs) Really, that's what this comes down to. We haven't earned it yet. But I can comment on the filmmaking. It was excellent. You can tell that this director knows what they're doing. I
2: would, if I ever was to teach a course at any university, like I would teach it about him probably. (laughs) Yeah.
3: And there's a reason why. Yeah.
0: You know, so Uh, I think if you like black comedies, I think if you are more of like, Religious, I think you may find this funny because it maybe, and maybe if you would say, Hey, yeah, this is how Christmas is in other parts of the world. It's just North America where you guys, you know, put tinsel on everything. <laughs> right. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that's just an us thing. So, but I enjoyed it. So thank you for bringing something different, Sander. Uh, are very table. welcome.
2: Yeah. Thank uh, you for I, this. I, one. I hopped at the chance to bring my favorite director on. Like, I I didn't, I knew this was a movie of his, but I wasn't aware that it had any sort of. Christmas like reference so when I was digging I was like ah, I don't want to pick anything. so I was like digging hard I was like oh fuck this one is are you kidding me so, <laughs>
0: you've definitely I'm, expanded our audience's like knowledge I feel I like hope so that's what next I was episode, about. like I you're not gonna to be on. Show.
2: well listen to you guys show and I know what you guys talk about and I was like oh man I, I really like I really genuinely tried to bring different things today that uh, would like you know open everybody's um, viewing habits you Check really out. have.
0: And you and came with the knowledge. Like, I don't know, Scott's and I are gonna be like in January uh, like, So I really like this movie. You, you say that cool. now
2: until on the Facebook group they're like, you fucking tell Xander to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <thing? laughs>
0: who does that guy think he is? What is That's this Academy word, Critique? <laughs> no,
1: uh, though no, I, I don't do don't have so. to say this will show you how much research that goes into the Friday Nightmares podcast when all of a sudden we're talking about Alex Iglesias, and I had no freaking clue that I had watched two of his other movies before because that's how much
0: research I did. That's how prepped I am. Well, you know, this was our Christmas. <laughs> we were just taking it easy, Xander. We to, to, knew you were coming to be, on.
2: To be fair, I, any other director, I probably wouldn't have known, but like, like, you know, you have your guys, right? This is one of my faves, so like...
1: Right, well, and the sad thing is when I was writing out all the like the information on uh on paper, I'm like, Glacius, that sounds familiar. Like, Alex like Glacius, that sounds familiar. Just I I could have easily went to IMDb. My ass just was being lazy and you, I didn't. You're
0: too busy with your OnlyFans and all your ladies. True, <laughs> like Scott, we all know what you're doing and your Gremlins calendar. So like yes. you're just too. You got. Too hey, we all love on. the Gremlins
2: calendar. Let's right? not. We all love the Grimler's calendar. I'm glad everyone Every else day,
0: What's going to come out of the calendar?
2: I don't know, but next year, somebody's got to find a fucking Critters one to give them.
0: Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes, that'd be amazing. <laughs> so for all of the women out there that are competing for Scott's affection, uh, listening to our show... Um, can you- and make a
2: critter's advent calendar <laughs> for him next year, and you will win his heart forever.
0: Yes. Uh, there you go. It's like The Bachelor. And I can be that friend that consults him at the end that comes on. And is like- <laughs> it's not a rose.
2: <laughs> uh, he hands out a crite at
3: the end of the game. Yes. <laughs> Here's your crite. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God,
1: that'd be amazing. (laughs) Uh, So uh, we could just uh, jump on to our final film of the evening for our main topic.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! (coughs) It's not our final film. Wait, yeah, it is. No, better watch out. And oh, oh, oh! Yeah, okay, never mind. You fucker! I missed one. (laughs) Look, I know you're trying to rush through this, Scott, but don't worry, we'll make it. Trying to rush
1: that much, I completely slipped my mind. Um, but all right, the next film on our uh episode is going to be i don't know i don't think anyone has heard of this movie at all um but it's this little known title known as krampus from 2015 the good krampus what not mrs claus or krampus claus or whatever those are <laughs> like out there the now? return of
0: krampus the revenge of krampus <laughs>
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh Krampus is a 2015 American Christmas comedy horror film based on the eponymous character from Austro-Bavarian folklore, written and directed by good old Michael Doherty, known for Trick or Treat, and co-written by Todd Casey and Zach Shields. The film stars Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Kushner, Allison Tolman, Conchetta Ferrell, MJ Anthony, Stefania Lavie, Owen Lola Owen. Queenie Samuel, Maverick Flack, Sage Hoonfield, and Krista Stadler. Woo, that was a lot of names. Uh, you did it. In the film, a dysfunctional family squabbling causes a young boy to lose his festive spirit. Doing so unleashes the wrath of Krampus, a fearsome <gasps> horned demonic beast in ancient European folklore who punishes naughty children at Christmas time. As, Chris- as Krampus lays siege to the neighborhood, the family must band together to save one another from a monstrous fate. Krampus was released in the U.S. on December 4th of 2015 by Universal Pictures. It received mixed to positive reviews, with many critics praising Scott and Colette's performances, the horror elements, and humor, while its tone, pacing, and final twist ending received criticism. Mm-hmm. The film had grossed over 61 million against a 15 million dollar budget. All right, so this one is kind of like Michael Doherty. It did with uh, for like. Halloween feeling films with trick or treat I personally think he nailed this as a Christmas film like um, and since Xander is our guest I will pass it on to you and get your opinions on Krampus
2: yeah so I think you're 100% right with already nailing down uh, Christmas and the reason I say that is because like so the things you think of uh, on Christmas are cold snow right you think of you think of family uh, you think of eating and you think of gift giving, right? And, and all these things are very strong in this particular film. Um, I absolutely adore Toni Collette, like one of my favorite actresses of all time, no matter what she does, I will see it. I love that she's been dabbling her feet into horror the last yes. few years and being able to go from horror back to other big uh, movies and all of that. Like Hollywood is respecting the fact that she can bounce back and forth, she's amazing actress i will watch anything she's in
1: yes Uh, she is just phenomenal doesn't any movie she's right
2: she's great but the casting as a whole and i would like to say aunt dorothy uh played (laughs) by uh conchita uh rest in peace passed away oh yes um so you know kudos to her she's wonderful in this movie this this is filled with great characters from top to bottom even the kids are great uh i love you know it it just cast captures winter and holiday the whole time um and I love how it bounces back from being really dark and kind of doomy to being kind of cheesy and almost killer clowns from out of space killer clowns yes. from out of space kind of humor right like when all the toys come out you're like oh this is super silly but it's kind of fucking terrifying at the same time um and I just think like he handles all those things so well uh I absolutely love the dark elves are yes
1: awesome. like uh, the Krampus version of elves it's so freaking cool
2: yeah and I love how he paces it at the beginning where you just kind of see like the little shadows of them kind of running around and there's like there's all these mysteries of like oh the snowman just appeared randomly in the yard all oh, this bag of gifts just appeared randomly in the front door and they're like oh that's how they introduced the you know the Krampus monsters or whatever to get into the house to wreak havoc uh, I-, I love how it's all pieced together Um, the film does slow at some point within the movie but at the end of the day i think this thing is uh, solid from beginning to end i think there's not many films that really encompass christmas as much as this one does like to me of all the ones we watched this this is the one that screams and yells christmas all day long throughout the whole movie um and i think at this point this is honestly become one of the classics this is a modern day classic right like this is to me, Krampus is what uh, Halloween is to Halloween. Like it really truly is because it, it it took all the things we had in Christmas movies before and it really just amplified it and made a great film with, uh, it had a lot of money put into it, which is a huge benefit, which a lot of these Christmas horror movies don't get that. So there's plenty of money put into it, amazing actors and a great director, Michael Dougherty. And I think this thing is is, is one of the best Christmas films you could ever, Christmas horror films that you could ever watch. Like there's, there's not many, better
1: than this one so I'm completely agree with you um I'm gonna toss this to Heather though because this was one of her picks which I'm glad she did but uh Heather your thoughts on Krampus
0: well originally I wanted to watch this when I was still married and my ex-husband refused to watch it and that's what really led to my divorce (laughs) um (laughs) nice was it Krampus or was it Adam Scott um (laughs) it was definitely Krampus um (laughs) but (laughs) this movie also represents the legend of Krampus really really well and and I really want to give it props for that I think Krampus in this is presented in a way that is scary but almost gives you a lesson there's a big moral lesson throughout this Right. right and the grandmother in her role is exceptional and some even great lines where she's speaking i believe it's in hungarian is it hungarian i think it might
3: be
2: german yeah i think it's german German. it's german
0: german and then she switches to english and they're like english i knew it (laughs) like there's little lines like that that were thrown in that were just funny like yeah. they were, or all right, kids were going to make some peppermint snotch. Like just funny shit that she threw in. The dinner table conversation, or even when they come in as a family from the pageant and the opening scenes of showing people at the mall and the fighting really shows how North America has diluted what the quote unquote meaning of Christmas is. Yep. Basically, you know, not to get too deep here, but consumerism and you know, this, this need to do all these things, right. And, and to have the best and to be the best and the family discussion over the dinner table, like reminded me of very much of home alone. Remember when they all get the pizza and they fight and Kevin gets sent out to his room and it kind of reminded me of a little bit of that only much dire consequences. And yeah, I agree. The slow build-up of the monsters, the slow picking off of the family members, yeah. and the comedy, like the little gingerbread men and shit. I like, love funny. the
1: gingerbread men.
2: It's and a, the
0: dog that... eating the one gingerbread man. Like, you almost wonder if they're going to make it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Right? That's why I uh, akin it to, like, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, because it's so funny and kind of dumb, but you can't help but like it.
3: Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and they give the illusion, what I really respected about this movie, is I thought everything was going to be okay. I really thought that somehow this kid's going to have that standoff with Krampus and it's going to... Spoiler alert. Well, we do spoil movies. We spoil these that we're watching. So (laughs) we're going to spoil this movie. If you don't know that from listening to our show, and welcome, we spoil movies. (laughs) Um, In that final scene uh, where he basically confronts Krampus and says all those things, I thought that was really well done. Like, I really felt for the kid and what he was He's a great to. actor. Yeah, yes. he was excellent. He Everyone was really in this great. movie was an excellent actor and played their role well. Even you know, the children that were kind of obnoxious and stuff, they were obnoxious. They yeah. were who they were supposed to be, obnoxious little assholes. And you right. and you bought into that. Um, I was sad that the dog died.
1: Like, oh yeah. You don't, you don't well, you don't really it, know, but know. yeah, but
0: you kind of like you assume. right. Um, and now, here's a question, and this is as we spoil. What do we think they're where are they?
1: Um, they are this is my pers- uh, what I perceived it as when I seen this in theaters. Um, I because like when it did the whole oh, he wakes up and he's going back down to his family, like nothing's happened, I was like, all right, this ending just pissed me off. And then see, I would have
0: was- liked that if he would just learn from a bad dream.
1: Yeah, I, see, I didn't want like that, like full on happy ending. It's like, you like hate like, Christmas. Well, no, I just don't like the fact that like. Everything would have been for nothing. We watched mm. it go and then just kind of be erased. Well, it I'm, seems like a cop out, right? Yeah, seems like a cop out in the end. But then when you see it pan out and you see it's like their whole town is in a freaking Christmas globe, and they and when they and he opens that Krampus bell, isn't
0: it just their house? No, it's the open. whole street. Yep, okay. it's the whole
1: street. And when he opens that bell and you just see everybody register in their brains like, oh shit, this really happened, and then they like realize. What I'm thinking it happened is they're pretty much in Krampus' version of purgatory. They are right, stuck yeah. to relive this moment for is the rest there, of their for, lives. It's their forever punishment, right? So their
0: forever punishment is to relive Christmas Day and have hot cocoa?
1: No, like the whole event be terrorized. Yeah, but yeah. that's not, but they wake
0: up on Christmas Day.
1: Yes. But so I think after everything that happened
0: I, leading up to Christmas Day.
1: Yep. So how are they reliving it? Because I think they realize like because I think it's something they are stuck gonna be living every Christmas now.
0: I thought we they were going to just be globe. stuck in the globe, and that's it. I didn't no, but... I didn't look that. I just thought they were stuck in a globe. In this As... ideal... Because a globe has an ideal image, right? Like yeah. It always looks snowy and happy and whatever. Because yeah. there's no hint that they'll relive it, because technically they, he has the bell now. He's been given the bell, right? Which we heard right. from the grandmother that that was the final thing that would happen with Krampus. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just... I'm just curious too. Yeah, this was just my interpretation. Of cause, course. Of yeah, course.
1: cause I, cause I kind of look at it as like, they're not going to, rel- I don't think they're going to relive like the same night over and over again. I think what's going to happen is they are just going to be reliving this type of Christmas where bad shit happens to them, but then they wake up and they're fine again, like on Christmas day. Like
2: Groundhog day ish. Yeah. See, yeah, I didn't get I, that. I,
0: I thought there was going to be a globe. Sorry,
2: yeah, f- uh, for me, I, I feel like it's uh uh, it's like a lesson in like you know you didn't learn this lesson soon enough so now Krampus fucking owns you like Mm. owns you forever like yeah you finally put it together but guess what it was too fucking late and here I have you for the rest of your life I I like
1: that better actually
0: yeah
2: you're you're within my world now I can do whatever you want but your life is gone you you are here with me and, and like and like you said like in in my purgatory essentially Mm. Uh, so that's the way i looked at it was like yes you did finally come to see what you needed to see but at the end of the day krampus wanted the whole family to see that not just him yeah so that's that the that way I it.
0: yeah that's an interesting i like that and i just i thought it was interesting that the grandmother had lived it survived right. right and i just thought it was kind of weird so she would have been an orphan and like her son would have had no idea that she was raised as an orphan and uh, also, I, mean, I,
2: uh, I I love that uh, stop animation. Yes, movie. I was going to bring that up. Yes, when I was... is brilliant. It
0: is so Absolutely.
1: good. Absolutely. Yeah, because um, yeah, I I the thing with the whole orphan thing and uh, her son maybe maybe she just kept that quiet because of the yeah. whole Krampus story.
0: Absolutely. Maybe. Um, and also that generation doesn't necessarily share that kind of stuff, right? Like right. Coming from a different generation, but Christmas wise, I I don't think you could have a better Christmas movie. I remember when I watched this a couple Christmas Eves ago. And i took my dog out for a walk and it was one of those christmas eve's that were, was really cold and i remember being like creeped out as i was walking past a park near my house and the, and the wind was blowing and it was just that bone chilling cold that we can get um up in the northern area and like i was like holy fuck, crap it's gonna go get me like <laughs> it was really like it ingrained in my head and i think that's really awesome
1: yep i completely agree um so yeah my thoughts are pretty much mirroring everybody's though uh, whenever I tell somebody about this film I tell them do you like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? (laughs) Do you like Gremlins? Do you like Home Alone? Do you like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Because you are getting a mashup of all these films pushed into one.
0: Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer?
1: Yes, with the grandma retelling of Krampus. That's what that reminded me of. Oh,
0: okay. Um, but the whole
1: fa- dysfunctional family dynamic was covered perfectly because this happens yeah. in a lot of American families, like for Christmas, getting together with your family. It's not always the greatest. You always have someone that you'll bump heads with, but you're always trying to play nice and just put that fake smile yeah. on. And uh, you know that was nailed in Christmas Vacation perfectly, and that's what well, that reminded me of. It,
2: it's nailed here too, where Adam Scott's telling his son, yes. he's like, "Oh, we got to be nice to our family because they're our family," and blah blah blah. And he was like. I don't know why I'm telling you this. <laughs> we have yep. to be that sort of family. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it. I love the family dynamic between like the two different families. Like you have the rich, uh, busy right. lifestyle one of A- uh, Adam Scott and Tony Collette and their kids, and then you have the more uh, like gun-toting Republican style of right. uh, <laughs> Adam Kirshner and uh, uh I can't remember her the his wife's name, but like yeah, you got the two girls that are like dressed up to be boys and just wanting to play football and be tomboys
2: one of my favorite lines in the movie is when uh the not adam scott but the uh david whatever the hell is acting david Kirshner. yeah
1: he's like your fancy ass neighborhood's getting destroyed to shit (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: oh
1: but yeah i just like this because like the first half of this film just feels like a good old like just get together family christmas movie like well i'd say the first half hour and yeah. then it starts like getting the dark moments when Krampus shows up. And I have to say, um, for what they did with Krampus, especially the first introduction of them, when you see their daughter walking down the street and it's getting darker and darker and also mm-hmm. you hear the chains rattling and you see him just standing as a silhouette on the rooftop that like brought chills down my spine. Cause I'm just going, Oh shit. And then when he all of a sudden gets active and starts hopping from house to house, to house. Hearing that on an amazing sound system, it's it awesome. <laughs> yeah, it just rattles yeah. the walls like it's so like thunderous. And yeah,
2: and I think it helps put you like in that space, right? Like immediately yes. when you have that booming sound and you have these beautiful visuals of like the snow, like you're immediately like, oh, what if I was in the snow? We all know what it feels yeah. like to be freezing cold in the snow. Right. And if you heard these sounds coming behind you when you were that fucking cold, that's terrifying as shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: like- and- and if you know, like, when you have a huge snowstorm, it gets like really silent outside, and you right. can hear, hear everything. everything, and it's everything's echoey. Yeah, and, like so, yeah, just that. That like they nailed that, and I have to say, like, because everything else I agree with you guys completely, one hundred percent. But the one thing that didn't get brought up really is the look of Krampus, because normally he's like the horned goat face devil like type creature, and with this he basically is the antithesis of Santa Claus. He's got like a deranged looking Santa Claus face. That's all warped and stretched out. Like he's almost wearing a fake Santa Claus mask. And I think like when I first seen that, like I was like completely unsettled. I'm going, Holy crap. That is freaking creepy as hell. Like just the way his mouth is just stretched out and you have the giant tongue rolling out and everything. Like, I thought the design for Krampus was incredible in this. And like, I figured it like fit the representation of a demented version of Santa Claus. Yeah. And for those that
2: are interested, there is a book called The Art of Krampus that has a foreword written by Michael Doherty, and the uh, art director does all. And it's, I have it. It's, if you're, if you love the visuals in Krampus, that book is a great coffee table book just to have and thumb through. So
0: I would love to look through that. It's cool as fuck. (laughs) That's really cool.
1: Alright, and then as Heather corrected me earlier, now we are on to the last film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Scott's just excited to be done.
1: <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be a day. We'll just say that much. <laughs> so the, the final film for the night is uh, Better Watch Out from 2016. It is mm-hmm. a psychological horror film directed by Chris Peckover and written by Zach Kahn and Peckover. Stars Olivia DeJong, Le- Levi Miller, Ed and Ed Uxenbold. The film had its world premiere at Fantastic Fest on September 22nd, 2016, and was released in the United States on October 6 2017 by Wellgo USA and in Australia on November 23rd, 2017 by Rialto Distribution. Uh, the synopsis is Ashley travels to the suburban home of the learners to babysit their 12 year old son Luke during the holidays. She must soon defend herself and the young boy when unwelcome intruders announce their arrival.
0: So we will be spoiling this film. There, there's no way <laughs> we, we always can. do all of them. Apparently,
1: <laughs>
2: all of them. We spoil
0: life, actually. <laughs> yes.
2: No, I, I try. I, well, I've been, the whole show, I've been like trying myself not to just do it, just out of habit. Like, okay, don't.
0: Oh, we only do. We do it for our this segment. We always do. Right. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you haven't seen Better Watch Out, because there is a pretty big twist that... A way to call
2: me out, Heather. Sorry.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... making a joke. Sorry, Sander. Sorry, right. Sander. Please keep coming with your knowledge so Scott and I look smarter when we repeat everything you said on this last episode. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: sorry. Like, it's this... our own knowledge. <laughs> like, sorry, we had to re-record
0: the I'll Christmas be like, show. did you know in the 80s there was sex at PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> I just learned this myself and had no help in finding this information, um, but yeah, we will be spoiling it because there is a pretty big twist that there is, and
2: this one is <laughs> significant. Yeah, so okay. this is something on our show that we would question on whether spoiling because, like, the twist is kind of important to.
0: Oh, it is. It yeah. is. So if you have not seen Better Watch Out and you don't want it spoiled, then skip ahead.
1: Yeah, or jump out or pause it. Go to Shutter, watch it there, and come back. Does anyone actually do
0: that? Maybe.
2: I used to do that back in the day when I... Uh,
0: okay.
2: One of the first podcasts I listened to that got me into listening to podcasts was it came from the basement. And uh, they would do segments and talk about stuff. And they're like, hey, pause it. I'm like, oh, shit. I'll pause it, watch it. And then I come back like a day later.
0: So, yes, it does happen. All right. Well, <laughs> Sanders <laughs> like laying uh, the knowledge down. Loving this. I love it. <laughs> Scott's like, finally, someone talks back the other. Yep. in place. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Usually but- heather bullies me for three hours <laughs> that's our podcast
1: <laughs> it's pretty much true <laughs> um, but uh
2: xander have you seen this before uh, i had seen it before but honestly it had been a while and i i was confusing parts of this movie with another movie so oh, okay. it was good to go back and watch
1: well i'll say we might as well uh, just uh since you are guests we'll just jump on with you first and uh get your thoughts on better watch out <clears throat>
2: Yeah, so if uh, so, what rewatching it this time I kend it a lot. It had a lot of things in common with the babysitter, which is a Netflix film. Yes, um, I think the babysitter is a better film, but that's a different discussion. Um, so this definitely it's it has like all the things of Christmas, right? Like there's Christmas lights, it's cold, there's Christmas music, uh, but I, I the whole movie I kind of felt like something was kind of missing from it that I couldn't really put my hand on. Uh, but I like the babysitter, and this kid is like a good son. This is like a a, a weird version of the good son too, right? Yes. Like think Macaulay Culkin of the Good Son, but this this kid's much more like broy and cheesy. Like he's very confident that he's gonna bang this beautiful babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's twelve and she's like eighteen. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck her. He's like, no, you're not, dude. Shut the fuck up. But he's so like confident. Uh, yeah, is, he's uh, got so
1: much confidence which uh, goes I got to say for the kid actor who played this kid. Fucking bravo. Like he Yeah, like off. I
2: I don't I don't know how his parents read this script it was like, yeah, it's fine you can say her pussy tastes like cotton candy. It's fine. <laughs> like it's fine. You can say that on screen. It's fine. Um, so <laughs> but I think it does like a great job of like switching it on you. Um so like like you know, the synopsis says like an intruder comes in and like, oh shit, the intruder's here. But then there's a revelation of like, oh, this shit was intentional. Yep. This little fucker and his friend set you the fuck up, which like infuriates you, right? <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? He's clearly sadistic. That's why I call him the good son too. Um, but it, I, I don't, there's some really cool moments. Like a boyfriend comes up, like the, the whole pant can, the paint can thing was pretty cool. Yeah, but at some point to me, it just becomes really incredibly, like just flat out unbelievable. And to me, it kind of lost its all the charm it had at the beginning seemed to eventually fade for me for whatever reasons. Uh, and that's why I say it's really hard for me to put my finger on it because it had like all the Christmas elements and like the story as a whole was kind of solid, but like there was something missing in there for me. And I think it actually has to do more so with the tone of the film because uh, it stays like, bright and cheery and christmas time so you have lights everything's well lit and it's very clean looking and i feel like this movie had an opportunity to make it like the kid does such a good job of being this like sadistic character right and like they i feel like they kind of failed at making it really gritty um yeah like it, i felt like it should have been intensified more granted it, it did get a couple times there but i it Uh, toward the end it felt like an imitation of of 10 other films rather than something true to itself. And that really kind of hurt it for me. And that's, I mean, that that's me, you know, I don't know if I'm overthinking it or whatnot, but like, it started off really strong and I liked when they switched it to the kid being like, Oh, this is a fucking setup. But then it slowly just like lost its way. And then I didn't care for the ending either. Uh, And it just, I don't know. I, it was okay to me. Like I appreciated half the movie In the second half of the movie, I felt like it all kind of went away for me. So what do you guys think?
1: Uh, Heather?
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's a really fair comparison. I think this movie could have taken place at any time. Right. This didn't I, really feel like there wasn't besides like the house being overly decorated for Christmas in some cases. Yep.
1: And uh, the child wearing an ugly Christmas sweater.
0: Yes. an ugly Christmas sweater. It was all kind of like, hey, it's Christmas. Did you guys yep. know it's Christmas? I'm not sure if you know it's Christmas, but it's Christmas.
1: Yeah, because um, like, that is like literally the best way to like kind of like find out if a movie like has that holiday feel. Could this take place any other day? And this, this could, could have,
0: have been a july 4th yeah, barbecue yeah or it could have been, been you know, president's day and it wouldn't have made yeah any difference. I mean, it could have just I mean, been
1: a regular weekday yeah yeah it, it just
2: felt more like a home invasion film than a christmas film honestly
0: yeah. yeah right um i will say i really enjoyed the awkwardness between the babysitter and him there were parts where i was cringing when he was trying to pick put the moves on her and it made yeah. me uncomfortable yeah. um probably because i had babysat kids records. that are like that age difference and had them kind of hit on me <laughs> not that not to that extent but like you know, it kind of gets a little creepy when you're a young woman with, like, a young man that probably doesn't need a babysitter at 12. Yeah. Um, right? So, anyway, I, I that was probably more of my own reflection in that scene. Um, But it was, I thought the main character's interactions were good. I thought his mm-hmm. friend was funny. Yes. Um,
2: I Very young him. version of uh, Jamie Kennedy in Scream. Yes. Right? Like, that's the yes. vibe you kind of get from him.
0: Absolutely. And I thought the setup of them playing video games or like talking in his bedroom before she came over was really good. Um, I really agree. The first half of this movie was really strong. Then the twist happens and he's kind of at first you're like, oh, he's just upset that she's rejected him. So he's doing these weird things. But when he kills that one guy and he lets down the paint can, which is very Home aloneist, and he's like, I've always wanted to try this and was a shout out. I was like, all right, we went from like, I have a crush to I'm a fucking psychopath. And like and no time. And no and no no hints beforehand, other than the
2: fact he was a teenage a prepubescent boy that had an an, affair.
0: Feelings towards babysitter. Yeah. Right? Like it to me, and then, you know, the shit he does with the other boyfriend outside and then he kills his friend. And he's like, look what you made me do. Like, he does this whole narcissist, crazy psychopath shit. And that's where it lost it for me. I felt like that got too much, too quickly, just too over the top. But otherwise, I enjoyed the interaction. But yeah, this movie was Christmas because it was based at Christmas. Not because it, you know, and it snowed outside. Yeah. (laughs) It (laughs) was was cold.
1: (laughs) And I'm pretty much uh, right there with you guys. Like, yeah, this has like, the only reason this has a Christmas feel is because of the decorating. There's no yes. other reason, um, but like I, and yeah, I agree with like that twist for him to go from like just making out his babysitter to just complete and utter psychotic narcissist. guess I'm so going to the kill the, bodies everybody. Hit the
0: floor. Let the
1: body. Yeah, like it, it was a, <laughs> it was like a, just flipping a switch with him. And that was like, you didn't like, and you know, I've I've watched this movie I'd say about four times now, like since it's come out like once a year, almost, Um And, like, I try to pick up, because, you know, like, try to give you little clues of what's going on. Like, on your rewatches, you can kind of pick up on things that the kid's doing. Um, But there's still not any signs to show that he's that freaking psycho. And, you know, I have to say it, because I will probably get called out and, uh, like, by one of our podcasting buddies for, you know, saying I with the movie The Lodge and saying the stuff that I said about that film. Um with this film, I also do not like the fact that this twelve-year-old boy somehow came up with this elaborate foolproof plan to pull all
0: this shit off. Mm-hmm. There's how no longer the parents at the fucking party for can we just mention right that? Now. What is this like a five-day party? Right. <laughs> but yeah, like I cannot
1: even by that this 12 year old came up with all these elaborate ways of taking out her ex-boyfriends and being able to cover it up. Like there's no fucking way he could have done that. And like overconfidently, like never for
2: one second did he, no matter what went wrong, not for one second, did he think it wasn't going to go his way? Not for one second.
1: Yeah. And being able to just like pull everything off and then pull it off in such a way that, you know, he's believed at the end that, you know, intruders actually came into the house and did all this and while he was sleeping. Like, come on. That's ridiculous. Like it's and that's the same issue I had with the lodge with a lot of the things that happened in that movie. And I, you know, I can't judge that movie and then not do that to this film. Cause it's yeah. Fair. But fair. Um but yeah, like the I still enjoy it. But yeah, it's it loses me about I'd say the third act when he just kind of goes yeah. the full blown psycho route. But like all in all, like yeah, this one the representation is kind of there for Christmas, but like I say, it's just decorating, nothing special. Yeah. But I agree. I'll say so I think Krampus is pretty much the epitome of what we need when it comes to the Christmas horror. Yeah. So um, just
2: let's write a letter to Michael Barty and say he's only allowed to make Christmas horror films. <laughs> right, moving forward.
1: Yep. And I was saying since uh Sorry, you know, Bloomhouse. and since we were talking about some films that have missed the mark when it comes to uh the holidays, we uh, wanted to jump into our out of the dark segment with a topic of what is missing in holiday horror. And I like Heather and I were chatting about this trying to think of an interesting topic and When she brought this one up, I instantly came up with one that I thought would be really freaking cool. I even Googled it just to see if there was anything out there that I have not seen before that might have already done it. But uh, my idea would be I want to see a Hanukkah themed horror film but have it done as an anthology and call it Eight Bloody Nights and it'd be in a different day of Hanukkah and just a story representing each day of Hanukkah, right? And I think that would be kind of a cool little way to do like an, a horror anthology for the holidays, and because there's not many Hanukkah-themed horror films. I think there's only just like a two, three, maybe. But like, uh, yeah, we wanted to post this question to you as well, Xander. So did you end up coming up with some like some idea?
2: uh well it's the only thing like it's not exactly the same as you but i i mean i know we have like on this particular show i talked about spine chillers and then we have a ton of like halloween themed anthologies but we really don't have a ton of like christmas themed anthologies but it would be cool because like i feel like in christmas you could like take a lot of angles right like you could take uh we've gotten a ton of like deranged santa stories right but we don't necessarily have a ton of like deranged elves stories or deranged like reindeer stories um but we you know i feel like if we got more christmas anthology films i think that'd be really cool because and you could even like theme it to gifts traditional gifts and all these other things and like different cultures and you could really kind of like span christmas over you know you know every country has its own like uh like mythos behind santa right and a lot of them like aren't positive like ours is a lot of them is like oh if you act bad like i can't remember which one it is um but like santa will come throw you in his bag and take you to his um home and make you basically a slave if you're a bad kid like oh, wow. like he he shows up with six to eight people beats you up throws you in the bag and takes you basically to do like child labor if you're not a good kid jeez uh, which is kind of what the movie Scent is based off of, if you guys have seen that. Or Saint. Okay,
1: nope, I've, that's one I've been wanting to check out. Actually. Okay, so
2: it's based off that mythos is where like, if you're a bad kid, Santa shows up with six to eight people and like throws you in the fucking bag and takes you off.
1: Wow. Uh, but, but you know,
2: I, I just think Christmas anthology films are an easy way to uh, get everybody excited about Christmas. You know, like the time of year only comes once a year. Like even if you're just doing a bunch of short films pieced together, like I think a lot of people really gravitate to holiday horror and we still don't get enough of it so like i know there's a ton of anthologies for halloween but there's not any for christmas i would just love more christmas anthology films or an anthology film if you want to talk about all holidays like why don't we do an anthology film that has like here we go we start on halloween oh guess what now we have thanksgiving oh guess what now we have christmas oh guess what now we have a little segment on new year's like what if you had a little you are
0: describing into the (laughs) darks so but you're like good ones is what i'm asking for (laughs) yeah so you know i just want more of that
2: stuff that's why i just don't think we get enough of it and i think people would eat it up easy because everybody wants
1: it so
0: i like that uh heather how about you i think a lot of my ideas have been taken um which is great which means we're all super smart um (laughs) I think that we could do more for Hanukkah as well I think that we do a lot on North American's view of Christmas and um Santa and stuff like that I think it's easy low-hanging fruit to do to be quite honest if we were to do something silly I would like to see something with reindeer fighting back like Rudolph getting pissed and being like I'm done being made fun of yeah
3: making
2: it like one like of those like jack animal... frost
0: only like rudolph yes yeah. but that right. doesn't
2: like talk make it more like you know grizzly from the 70s yes. or something like that right you know, when nature fights back
0: rain and it's just the is doing stupid shit for an hour and 20 minutes um like doing lsd
2: that... and drinking virgin blood is that yes saying, right? yes right <laughs> like
0: sharknado only like Reindeers. Um, I think that would be really fun. And I think Krampus did a very good job of making it serious. But I would, I don't know, like I, I would like more Krampus movies, but better Krampus movies.
1: Yeah, because after um, Krampus 2015 came out, there was like a flood of Krampus films, but they none all of them like are good.
0: Bad. Yeah.
2: Like Mother yeah. Krampus, Krampus Reckoning, they're all terrible. The only <laughs>
1: other Krampus that I've seen in a horror film would be that uh, Christmas Horror Story. And I recommend yeah. that one
0: and you know and i wouldn't mind seeing a remake of black christmas that actually follows black christmas not
2: we don't need any more remakes of black christmas but
0: (laughs) the the other ones haven't been remakes black xmas is not really a proper remake but
2: you don't need to fuck with black christmas the original
0: but why can't you take it and modernize it See, no. <laughs> I I am all about remakes because it brings new people into the genre. Whether I, we I don't,
3: like it or I not. don't
2: mind remakes either. That's just right? one of my favorites. And I think Black Xmas does a great job of just playing off the idea. Uh, I I don't I strongly disagree with a shot-for-shot remake of the original Black.
0: See, I would be fine with that. I think it could be updated, and if it gets new people into the genre, and we get people watching horror, and we make more money from other films. Yeah. sometimes you need that. You need the low hand.
2: Yeah. Movie, I don't right? I don't disagree. Yeah. It's like you know what scared us. And, you know, 1974 or whatever doesn't scare us now.
0: No. And we just need Canadians to make it. That would make it better.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like, if we just had a Canadian crew and, you know. Yeah. They would do a much better job.
2: Oh, just another random thought is, like, what would be fun about, like, some of the big franchises that we like? Like, I would love to see, like, hey, let's get, uh, you know, you know, everybody's been clamoring for a Jason at Christmas time, mm, yeah, yes. it would be cool if some of these bigger franchise names started dropping in on that. So every everybody's been dying for a bloody Camp Crystal Lake in the winter. Yes, well, if I can throw Freddie in there, if I can throw Victor Crowley in there, if I can throw throw everybody in there, let's make a all these Christmas versions of all the things we love would be amazing, and it would be cash cows. So I'm surprised that the studios haven't done it yet.
0: And I think that's the thing with Christmas time, right? Is that you need to have those popular Christmas films that can be bring people in, and then we get them into the classics. That's when you get horror fans hooked and you get them watching stuff that they wouldn't have normally watched. And I think your anthology idea is great. And especially if we had it from, and I watched an anthology recently that did have directors from different parts of the world mm-hmm. uh, that was for the holidays. But I think if we had one that had more stories, And we included countries from the continent, Africa, for example. So if we had Uganda or or other places that we're not as familiar with, and they're what they celebrate around this time of year, I think that we could make it even scarier because North Americans are already afraid of what they don't know. Um, Yeah. All you got to do is put on steroids and they're going to be super scared. Um, And then you could have your campy, fun little like reindeer games or, you know, where reindeers fight back it's it's just it's a genre that i agree could be explored a little bit more um with your really well done films and then your films that are just going to put butts in seats and get people into watching horror movies because really whether we like it or not that exists for a reason right um, and it's yeah. existed
2: in hollywood since the beginning of
0: time right and They've we just gotta throw some like, sex in there yeah. randomly like you could be having sex and rudolph shows up Okay
2: that's why that's why Rudolph has a red nose he's so yeah that's right
0: someone took Rudolph his girl actually we could do that um you know what's actually speaking of Christmas movies that I would like to see a roommate for and I know everyone loves this claymation I turned my I would, Christmas
2: lights on by the way
0: I know I got excited when I saw that the the 19 is it 1964 Rudolph the red Nose reindeer the claymation th- is that the year yeah. it came out yeah you know I wouldn't mind seeing an updated good version of that Right, like, bloody
2: Tim Burton version.
0: Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> I would love to see Tim Burton take that on. I think it'd be cool. Oh, a Nightmare Johnny, Before Christmas. We didn't cover that one, but that's a, no, a an awesome nice. Christmas movie, Halloween movie, whatever you want to call it. That's a fun film. Yes, it is. Right, but yeah,
1: I, I, I think I like all these ideas. I would I, like, I would especially like you. We were saying earlier, I'd like to see a lot more, like just kind of covering different traditions during the year. Or yeah, yeah. time of year. It would be very interesting to see what would ha- like what people could come up, come up with.
0: Exactly right. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, you know, just you as, like, uh, just a uh, PSA: Do not watch Black Christmas 2019. Anybody, if you value the first Black Christmas,
2: or even Black <laughs> Xmas, I like them both. Yeah, been, I do not like 2019. <laughs>
0: uh 2019 should never been named black christmas
2: no it, because it has it's, nothing it's to, do, nothing with to it. do with it <laughs> and i
0: will agree with you i like axmas at least was a little more plus he had they andrea have, martin they, in it
2: they have great kills in black like they do now, and i love they the do. cookie cutter flesh eating scene i was
1: telling her that that's the part i liked about and it
0: And it's a very 2006 movie like you watch that movie and you're like son of a bitch this is mid-2000s and you just know that, that it Schmer. is that? right um yeah it's great that she's in that right i know and now
2: she's in all the hallmark christmas movies like oh, is she really
0: she is oh boy
2: she was in the christmas waltz that they just recently watched
0: do you does do you watch these movies
2: i watched hallmark christmas movies yes
0: oh by
2: yourself wow. or is there something? Oh, my, wife, my <laughs> wife likes them so here's the thing like we watch them and then like within 10 minutes we have to make predictions so like we'll open a bottle of wine or something and like Start drinking and like we don't read the synopsis We just turn it on and like try to imagine where it goes and we take bets. Like, you oh,
0: you guys sound like happened. you have an awesome marriage. This sounds yeah,
2: that'd like be, that'd be great. Fun.
0: Living <laughs> your best life, right there.
2: It's pretty fun. Like you know, all the, all those Hallmark movies, like they always have a good ending, but it's fun to like fuck with the plots and see how close you get. And we get pretty fucking close at this point of what happens. So
0: imagine it's, like one of those Hallmark movies and then it turns into a violent slasher halfway through. Be great. And, like, right. the dude just starts to, like, or the chick doesn't give what she wants, and she just starts cutting people up. That would That's be awesome. not a
2: diamond ring, you son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go have my daddy get his tractor out the barn. and going to run you over.
0: That'd be great. Yes. That'd be awesome. All right, Scotty, do you want to close us out? Yeah, Get yes. Sandra to do his final plugs?
1: Yeah, I would say... I just want to say thank you, Xander, for joining us on this episode. This has been a blast to have you you on.
2: Thank you for having me. It was an honor to be here.
1: I'll say you have shown us that we are definitely amateurs in the horror genre. Yeah,
2: Yeah, we really are. That's okay. No, 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 no i appreciate uh, but, the praise but it's not deserved
1: yeah feel free to give plug to where people can find you on social <coughs> media your show yeah, yeah
2: so obviously you can check us out at cemeterygates.podbean.com. um we're also on spotify and all the other places but if you need our rss feed it's cemetery gates podcast on uh podbean uh you can find me on instagram at Xander underscore kane if you want to follow me on there that's that's cool i'll do a lot of On my instagram stories i post a lot when i'm watching movies i'll post a lot of like cut scenes from what i'm watching and movie posters and stuff like that so you can kind of see what i'm watching uh, if you're interested also nsfw because some crazy shit pops up on there uh from time to time but you know that's why i put it in my story so it disappears and i don't get flagged by instagram Uh, other than that my actual instagram posts are mostly of movies and my dog and beer so you know and the occasional selfie, but other than that, you follow there and on Twitter, same things. And underscore Kane. And thank you guys a bajillion for having me. And uh, just it was a wonderful day. And I hope everybody that's listening enjoyed the show and got some new movies that they haven't really heard about or just fucking had a good time listening to us because it was a blast. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely glad to have you on. Um, Heather, yeah, like you you're really
0: smart <laughs> and. <laughs> I Quit feel like now I'm just going to steal every No, I'm just going to steal everything you say, Sander. Okay. Maybe like I uh, I came up with this. I'm like I'm pretty sure I'm like, "No. I watched all the 70 movies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all of this stuff." <laughs> right, Scotty? It just means yes. I have
2: no life. That's all.
0: That's all. <laughs> yes, it means you are a film connoisseur. Yes, 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 yes. But yes, it was a pleasure, Sander. I look forward to coming back on to um your podcast cuz Scott's never been invited. So clearly, uh,
2: yeah, we'll we'll get back on the, no. the reins here shortly. Uh, we usually yeah. take a break until after the new year, so
1: you don't. And, and I got, and we got to give Android crap because he never invites any of the guys from. It's not. Horror. I know he, he just invite he invites just me. He invites Heather every time.
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> He's funny. like, Nah, Heather and Mona. That's it
0: that's it he's he only knows two women and you know what it's hard for him his wife's no, like all, i'm not all, fucking interested right? all
2: the other ones he knows are porn stars so right, right? And they're, <laughs> and they're too busy to
0: come on so he's down to really really low hanging fruit which
2: would be interesting oddly there's a, so when i first started like doing the horror stuff and on twitter there, there was a very odd kinship between like horror movies and like adult actresses and like Sex workers in general like loved horror, so I built a bunch of weird relationships with like you that say whole weird, crew, but, but I oh, hear they were great, they're super people. It's just a weird thing that I never expected, but it's true. Like you know, the porn world and the horror world somehow oddly collide.
0: I feel like we're going to have you on for a show in the future that's going to talk about that. <laughs> oh, you know, all right, I then. feel like you have shown us you are knowledgeable, and uh, 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 yay, yeah, I try. Yeah, you're coming back <laughs> if you have us. Yes. Um, But in the meantime, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, uh, celebrate it safely. Have a great time. Stay. Uh, God, I hope this is the last time I say it this year. Stay safe. Um, yeah. Wear your Christmas masks, everybody, and we're all going to get through this. And here's to a uh, hopefully uh, better 2021.
1: I completely agree.
0: So, in the meantime, I guess why don't you close this out finally, Scotty?
1: All right, so yeah, thank you everybody for listening and uh, until next time, unpleasant dreams. Ho, ho, ho.
2: You filthy animal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome.